0: On the Ute Sports Network from Learfield, IMG College. Ute's women's basketball is on the air. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Solutions for every financial need. Mountain Dew, do the do. Smith's, low prices, market fresh. State Farm. When you want the real deal like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And bye. Redbox is the official at-home movie partner of the Pac-12. Visit Redbox.com for new movies and thousands more. This is Utah Utes Women's Basketball.
1: Good morning, Utah fans. Welcome inside the Ute Game Day pregame show. I am Tyson Ewing, joined alongside Amanda Smith, and we are back for basketball. Amanda, welcome in and Are you excited for some basketball
2: today? I'm very excited for some basketball today. Isn't that weird to say?
1: It is strange. So very strange. It is actually, Amanda, nine months to the day since we last were on the air and got to see Utah basketball.
2: And ironically, the last time we were on the air talking about Utah basketball, they were playing this Oregon team.
1: Isn't that crazy? There has been a lot that has happened over the last nine months, which is the exact reason that it has taken nine months. So, I mean, really I want to start out with, as we kind of get this uh, get this broadcast rolling, get the season rolling for this Utah uh, basketball team, um, just how crazy this offseason has been. Uh, you you go back to last year, you think about Utah had its highest ever uh, recruiting class coming in 20th ranked in the country a lot of hype for this up for this team COVID hits and they kind of have to figure it out on the fly
2: well this entire year I think that the word is unprecedented right you can't predict anything that's going to happen in the next few hours or the next few days or the next few months Um, and so I, I do want to say that I think it has taken extreme effort from the pac-12 conference from the coaches from the players to take the precautions to safely play this season i want to give a shout out to our producer james peterson for being here without him taking the precautions to have us on the air we're not doing this broadcast and so it's really been an effort to prioritize safety and then yes, we get basketball.
1: So let's actually talk basketball now. You had mentioned 9 months ago to the day, Utah was last on the floor. They played this exact same Oregon team. Problem was is, it, right, the problem is is it's not <laughs> the exact same Oregon team. A lot has changed with Oregon, but there is one thing that remains constant and that's the culture at Oregon.
2: Well, that's the thing, right? So we talk about in between classes of losing players and gaining players. What did Oregon lose? They lost what you could consider to be their big three in Sabrina Unescu, Ruthie Hebert, and Satu Sabali, who are all now professional WNBA players. What they gain is, like you mentioned, that culture, players who fit into the mold of what is considered Oregon basketball, which is high pace, shoot, score, pick and roll play. You bring in players that fit into that mold. So what you lose you can't replace right but what you can do is you can bring in a team that is going to fit into the mold of what you lost
1: so oregon so far this year three and 0 they're one of 10 teams in the pac-12 that have actually played games only utah and washington state to this point have not played a game uh really quickly what what has impressed you about this oregon team so far this year In the first three games that we've seen them play.
2: I mean, they're outscoring their opponents by 42 points, which it's like, are we talking about last year's team or are we talking about new players on this Oregon team? But I do want to say is, from a Utah perspective. This is their first game that they will play of the Mm. 2020-21 season. Typically, you would have non-conference games to try different rotations, see how the new freshmen or transfers that you've brought in are going to play at a collegiate level, are going to play and and blend with the players you already have on your team. Utah didn't have that. This is their first game. And so we'll hear Coach Roberts in just a moment talk about really focusing on her team, not so much as to what Oregon will be doing today, but her expectations – for the Utes this game.
1: So let's actually take a quick break. When we return, we'll sit down with head coach Lynn Roberts and ask her specifically about this. But first, Code Red fans, it's about game time. Grab a Mountain Dew Code Red and get to your seats for tip-off. Mountain Dew Code Red is the proud supporter of Utah athletics. We'll sit down with head coach Lynn Roberts. Coming up next, this is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG. Welcome back inside the U-Game Day pregame show. It's now time to welcome in the head coach of your Utah Utes. That is Lynn Roberts. Coach Rob, how are you doing today?
3: I am doing well, Tyson. It's game day. It's been about 270 days since I've been able to say that. So uh, maybe even more. That was rough math. Um, but, yeah, we're doing good. We're excited to play. Let's uh Sick of talking about it and uh, ready to roll.
1: No doubt about it. So sick of talking about it. Let's get to the floor. All right, coach. So I want to start with basically just asking the question you've probably been asked more than anything else, and that is how this off has looked for you and how you've been able to really fight through it uh, through all the hectic, uh, really through all the, I guess the the hectic things we've been going through.
3: Yeah, it's been it's been strange. Um, and the one thing I learned a long time ago, many months ago, with COVID and this whole uh, pandemic is that there's, you know, you just got to be adaptable and you got to take things as they come. And, and there's, there's some things that you just cannot control. And that's the way it's been for us. Uh, it's, you know, and we're not alone in that. Every team, every sport um, across the country is dealing with the same variables where it's, you just kind of have to, the, the, step up and swing day to day and not worry about what's coming tomorrow. You just got to take care of today. So uh, in one sense, that's kind of healthy. And I think that, that is a good, um, you know, just balances things back out a little bit. And, you know, I think uh, the world has a way of doing that. When things get a little out of whack, uh, we get balanced one way or the other. And so um, it's been kind of that way for us and we've just, just taken it as it comes. And um, the last, certainly the last two weeks for us has been, um you know even more just out of the norm with being in quarantine and um and uh you know being on the you know couldn't get in the practice gym we couldn't do anything uh and then you know just having had really limited days on the court with our group uh you know before today so it is what it is and we're just we're you know it's it's fun to see the joy in the kids faces right now um you know what they they are student athletes and but, but they want to play, and there's there was definitely a joy in their eyes today, like it's finally here, and as a coach, that's fun.
2: I'm imagining there's a joy in your eyes, too. There's a joy in Tyson and I's eyes, so I think we're all feeling yeah, pretty excited.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I and I told our team that. This is the longest stretch in my life, you know, maybe since third grade that I've ever uh, gone this long without playing a basketball game or coaching in one, and, and it's, it's just kind of strange. It's what I do, it's what, you know – what I've done my whole life. And, and so it's been a long stretch. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited too. And, you know, last night going to bed just kind of thought how it's, you know, it's happening and I'm, I'm so grateful. I think that's the one thing that you, this puts you in perspective too, of just how fortunate we are that we get to play and um, that we're healthy and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, definitely in my eyes too, Amanda.
2: Well, you talked about being very intentional with your time heading into this game And you mentioned over the last two weeks, that's looked very different, whether it's been on or off the court, what are some of the things that you've done to, to prepare uh, for this Oregon team?
3: Well, to be honest with you, we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about Oregon. Uh, I mean, we have our team prepared and we certainly did a scout and watched film, but you know, the, the, the 11 games you play in the non-conference, the preseason that we normally play are where you learn about yourself and, and you work on your stuff and you figure out your rotations and, you know, what your team's identity is and all of those things. And then you kind of head into conference with some semblance of that and just hope you can keep improving on those things. Well, we didn't get those even a couple preseason games. Uh, we haven't competed against anybody but ourselves. And so um, at this stage, what I told our team, you know, this is we, – we have to compete – Um, we have to compete ourselves, uh, you know, against, you know, against obviously a very good Oregon team, but um, you know, I want to focus on ourselves and and we're going to make mistakes are going to be made by both teams and shots are going to be made by both teams and missed by both teams, but let's just, you know, we're going to focus on our execution uh, on defense, our execution on offense, our energy, our rebounding, all of that kind of stuff. So when you're asking, like, how did we prepare for Oregon? We certainly did, but more through the lens of what are we doing, not versus what are they doing, if that makes sense. And So um, it's just that point in the season, and, and you can't rush that process of figuring out what your team's identity is no matter who you're playing. And so um, that's where we're at.
1: We're joined by head coach Lynn Roberts here on the U Game Day pregame show. Coach, to build a little bit on what you were talking about, obviously you've been really focusing on your team. What are some things as you begin the season today that you are excited about, about this – you have a young group, but they are very, very experienced. What's some things that get you excited about your team this year?
3: Uh, I think, you know, for the first time since I've been to Utah, we have legitimate depth um you know it's very competitive in practice there's not a clear like oh that's the starting five and oh that's not um you know that there's there's competitiveness uh, at every position which is exciting because that you know a high tide raises all all ships and so it makes everybody better um I really like our balance in terms of I think we've got all three things you need we've got great point guard play uh we've got great wings and shooters uh, and we've got great post play. And I think you need all three of those things to be a great, te- uh, a great team. Um, and then to have depth, that means you don't have to rely on just one player in that spot. So if, you know, Brenna Maxwell doesn't have a great shooting night, we've got other kids that can shoot. And so you're not putting – you know, that, doesn't, that takes a little bit of the pressure off those players so that they can even play more to their abilities, to their potential when they're not feeling that pressure of it has to be me. So that's what I'm most excited about, you know, X's nose-wise. But um, this has just been – a fun, you know, as weird as it sounds, as much adversity as we've been through, and just kind of just strangeness, and um, you know, quarantining, and mask wearing, and social distancing, and all the things that go into it. Uh, this has been such a fun uh, few months with this group. I'm I'm enjoying myself with them in a way I haven't done in a, in, a, in a few years. So. Um, that's the other thing I like about them is that they're they're really fun to coach. Um, so we'll see. You know, we, we know we're playing a really good Oregon team. We're not naive. We're on the road. Uh, there isn't 10,000 fans this time, which helps us a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously it's a it's a huge challenge. But what the heck, we get to play. And that's the attitude I'm coaching with. And, and I want our players to have, like, let's just compete like crazy. And I, I think we're talented enough to hang in this thing, for sure.
2: Coach, I know you said that you're more focused on – your team rather than what Oregon will be doing or specifically preparing for this Oregon team. But what are some of your expectations having not seen, like you said, this team play against another opponent besides each other uh, in this game today?
3: Well, we talk about the things that are non-negotiables and the expectations that we have for our culture and our program. And, and, you know, it's, it's the simple stuff, but it's, you know, maximum second effort. So not just going for that first rebound, but going for the second one, um, so maximum effort, communication, and then just the, the next play mentality of execution. Where you, you you know we're gonna we're gonna look rusty at times and look great at times. I can guarantee that. Um, but just next play. So execute with intensity and, and intention. Um, and if we blow it, miss it, screw it up, next play. If we hit the great shot and execute perfectly, next play. Um, we get beat off the dribble, next play. Just staying in the moment Um, that's always something that we talk about a lot and it's going to be necessary today Oregon's a really good team and we've just got to be next play um, focusing on our execution uh, next play
1: well that is head coach Lynn Roberts coach thank you so very much for your time good luck today and as always go Utes
3: thank you guys
1: that is head coach Lynn Roberts on the Ute Game Day pregame show. A reminder, today's game is sponsored by Wells Fargo. This is our team committed to better banking for you. This is Wells Fargo, proud sponsor of the Utah Utes. Pregame continues next. This is the Ute Game Day pregame show from Learfield IMG College. Welcome, Welcome to... Welcome back inside the U Game Day pregame show as we now get set for tip off here momentarily between the Utah Utes and the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks. Let's go ahead and meet starters first for the home team. The Oregon Ducks playing the one, a 5'9 freshman from Oceanside, California, Tahina Pow That's gonna be a fun name to say. A 5'10 junior from Surprise, Arizona, Taylor Chavez. A 5'11 junior from Massillion, Ohio, Taylor Mikesell. A 6'2 senior from Hodgenville, Kentucky, Aaron Boley. And in the middle a 6'5 sophomore from Berlin, Germany. The last name will sound familiar. It's Niera Sabali. Now let's go ahead and meet, uh, excuse me, I guess I should say the head coach for Oregon, Kelly Graves in his seventh season, a record of 158 and 54. Let's go ahead and meet starters now for your Utah Utes.
4: And now the starting lineup for your Utah Utes. Running the point. Drew
3: Gilton, junior, from Rapid City, South Dakota. Playing the two. Brenna Maxwell, sophomore, from Gate Harbor, Washington.
4: At small forward.
3: Naya Becker, I'm a junior from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. At the four.
2: Andy Torres, I'm a junior from Charbonne, Quebec, Canada.
3: In the middle.
2: I'm Lola, I'm
3: sophomore from Almeria, Spain.
1: Those are the starting lineup for your Utah Utes. Head coach Lynn Roberts in her sixth season, a record of 86. And 71, we are now set for tip off as the Oregon Ducks control and a quick trigger on the left wing pulled by Erin Bully and she splits it for three. And now the lead 3 nothing for Oregon right out of the gates. Quickly Utah looking to push ahead. Up top is Andy Torres, goes up top now, swinging it to Drew Gilton, down low to Lola Pendande. She gets in the paint, spins, gets it blocked out of bounds. It'll go back to Utah. 9.23 to play, opening quarter as we are We are ready for this 2020-2021 season. 3-0 lead for Oregon. Drew Gilton gets in the paint, goes right through the defense, can't get it over Tahina Pow Pow, and the rebound ripped down by Oregon. Oregon will quickly push ahead the other way. Looking up top, and they're going to call a travel on Saboli. So we'll go back to Utah. Fast pace to begin here.
2: Absolutely. And on that first possession for Utah, what they were able to do against a very elite defensive Oregon team was find a way into the paint. They didn't convert, but I'm assuming that they will in other plays this game.
1: Here's Naya Becker up top the Junior. Goes left wing to Drew Gilton, lobbing down low to Lola Pendande. She attacks the paint and is fouled, so she will get free throws.
2: That's great, right? Obviously, you want to get the ball to Lola Pendande. one One of utah's leading scorers and frankly a leader on this team is just a sophomore now how weird to say (laughs) right
1: so crazy all freshman honorable mention a season ago i met it in the pac-12 tournament those two games against washington and oregon she did not get the start but she was tremendous in those games averaged 16 points per game eight and a half rebounds was 13 of 21 from the floor in those two games
2: and in your freshman season you're really just finding your own personal identity as well as the one that blends with the team, right? And so she had to go through those experiences of, of running the floor at a collegiate level.
1: Lola goes 0 for 2 from the free throw line. And Oregon with the rebound heading the other way. The talented freshman, Tahina Pow Pow, which we'll talk about that freshman group throughout the entire night, gets to the cutting Aaron Boley, who attacks the paint and scores. Aaron Boley's been magnificent so far. She was uh, the lone returner, the lone starter from a season ago, as the team leader in points at 17 per game gives the ducks a five nothing lead here's the attack by naya becker tried to look on the inside to Pendande, but it gets taken away aaron Boley uh, heads the other way and oregon now has it leading five nothing here's the pass inside to saboli great defense as it's ripped down and pulled away by lola Pendande. utah gains possession here comes Drew gilden in the front court lobbing inside to andy torres she'll spin and miss the layup utah now has missed three layups to begin this game Unfortunate there for Utah, as it was a wide open look for Andy. Could not complete it. Rebound Oregon.
2: And all of Utah's shots up until this point have come from in the paint.
1: Here's a quick trigger pulled by Tahina Pow inside the three point line. She cannot get it. Rebound Utah. 5 nothing. the lead for Oregon. 7.45 here to play in the opening quarter. Drew Gilton circles around the top of the ring. Looking on the inside, goes uh, up top to Brenna Maxwell. First time we called her name tonight. Has a clear path to the basket. And finally, a layup falls for the Utah Utes. Brenna Maxwell gets her first two here of this young season.
2: And I love the way that on that layup, Tyson, Brenna Maxwell, she didn't shy away from contact with Oregon's Taylor Chavez.
1: Speaking of Oregon's Taylor Chavez, she finds Taylor Mikesell wide open on the left wing. And it's perfect. It's now 8-2 to Oregon. Utah looking to get the ball on the inside. Finds a cutting. Lola Pendande, who gets the right hand layup. The lefty found a clear path. It was a great feed by Nia Becker to cut the lead in half. It's now 8-4 to Oregon.
2: Already, a difference I'm noticing in this Utah team from last year's is their ability to get into the paint.
1: You have said it, every single shot attempt, there's been five of them have come inside the paint. Erin Boley is in the paint, she can't uh, stick it, but it's loose, it's on the deck. Taylor Chavez with the rebound. Here's a quick drive, and Brenna Maxwell is there to take the charge. It's going to go back to the Utah Utes. Nice attack there, but great defense by Brenna Maxwell. And
2: that's a name that we continued last season to say, More and more this season, we will say it even more, a sophomore. Isn't that crazy, too? Like, you know, as we talk about this Utah team, we talk about Lola Pendande, we talk about Brenna Maxwell, sophomores. But there's so much expectation on them.
1: Here's Drew Gilton controlling for the Utah Utes. They trail 8-4. Lola Pendande in the paint against Saboli. Fakes left, spins right, but it's blocked by Saboli and ripped down by Saboli. And here comes Oregon the other way. 8-4 lead for the Ducks, the 10th-ranked team in the country. They are 3-0, have outscored opponents by 42 points per game. Here's a quick three-point pull by Mikesel. It's off the mark, but an offensive rebound by the Ducks. Mikesel has it up top, swings it right wing to Jazz Shelley. The sophomore comes off a great season last year in in her rookie freshman campaign. Now here's the freshman taking the right elbow jumper, Tahina Pow Pow, and she sticks it. That name's going to be fun to say throughout uh, her career, Tahina Pow Pow, but she's not just a fun name to say, she's also extremely talented.
2: I was going to say, names that we're talking about we're going to be saying a lot. That is one of them. She was the first freshman to start a season opener for Oregon since who? Sabrina Yonescu.
1: Sabrina Ionescu. We know that name quite well. Quickly the other way, Naya Becker goes up, goes under, but she traveled and it'll go back to the Ducks. Quickly ahead, Naya's, uh, uh, Ni- Niara, that's her name. I want to say Naira, but it's Niara Sabali gets it stripped and taken away and Utah has possession. Andy Torres takes a quick right angle three that falls off the mark. That was the first shot outside the paint by the Utah Utes and it falls off the mark. Quickly ahead, Jazz Shelley swings it cross court to Tahina Pow Pow. Now moving it up top to Taylor Mikes with a very talented junior who spent her first two seasons of her college career at Maryland. Here's the drive by Erin Boley. She attacks, is met by Lola Pendande, is fouled, gets the left hand layup to fall, and it's proof and evidence that the very talented senior from Hodgenville, Kentucky, Aaron Bolle, is not just a three-point shooter, she can also get to the rim at ease as well. An opportunity, a plus one here for Aaron Boley.
2: Right now she's got seven with a chance to have eight of Oregon's 12, or what could be 13 if she makes the free throw point so far. A senior on this team and one that, likely, we are talking about pregame, played with now three WNBA players.
1: Free throw on the way, and good for Erin Boley. She now has eight of Oregon's 13 points. The 10th ranked team in the country has a 13 to 4 lead here on the, uh, on the Utah Utes in the early going. 5.15 to play opening quarter. Here's Drew Gilton on the right wing, looking on the inside. Goes up to Brenna Maxwell. She'll take a quick three. That one's on the way and short. It's tapped, and it's loose, and it's going to be out of bounds. It will go to, looks like there's indecision, go back to Utah. But now we will get the opportunity to see some freshmen as Utah have some substitutions. 6'4 freshman Peyton McFarland is checked into the ball game for the Utah Utes, as well as the 5'10 freshman Kennedy McQueen from Hennifer, Utah, both four-star athletes. And we'll see what they could do on the floor for Utah here in the early going.
2: You mentioned that these new players were seeing for Utah. They were part of Utah's highest ranked recruiting class, 20th in the nation, according to ESPN. and so. Like everyone else, we are looking to see what they're going to do on this Utah team.
1: Zuzsa Putz also in the game for Utah, a senior from Poznan, Poland. She feeds the inside to Peyton McFarland. McFarland gets it stripped and taken away. Then will go back to Oregon, 13 to 4. We're on to the five minute mark here in the opening quarter. The 10th ranked Ducks with a nine point lead on the Utes. Here's a quick play on the inside, a lob to Erin Boley. She catches. Fades from the bucket and is able to score despite the great defense by Utah. She's now got 10 of Oregon's 15 points and the Ducks lead by 11. Utah the other way, trailing by 11. Here's the talented point guard from uh, from North Dakota. Excuse me, South Dakota, what am I saying? Am I just Whoa. saying North Dakota? <laughs> Whoa. I am saying North Dakota. Drew Gilton from Rapid City, South Dakota. <laughs> Her dad's going to have my head for that one. That's no <laughs> doubt about that one. She drives in the paint, tried to look on the outside, and it's uh, out of bounds, and it will go back to the Oregon Ducks, but not before a timeout is taken on the floor. 15-4, to the lead for the Oregon Ducks. We'll take a quick break, come back with more. This is Utah Basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back. The Utah Utes trail the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks, 15 to 4 in the early going. This first half being brought to you in part by Budweiser. Hey, Utes Utes basketball fans, remember the game days are best enjoyed with a crisp Bud Light. Bud Light, crisp. Please drink responsibly. All right, Amanda, we've played about five and a half minutes so far. We see Utes trying to get the ball on the inside. But defensively, Aaron Boley is just absolutely cruising right now.
2: Aaron Boley with 10 of Oregon's 15 total points right now. Tyson, I keep thinking back to something that Coach Roberts talked about in her pregame coverage, and that was we are more focused on what we're doing rather than what Oregon's doing. What is Utah doing right now? They're getting the ball into the paint, which is a great thing. They just haven't been able to convert on those opportunities this far.
1: we'll see if that can change here as we are back to action. Erin Boley, her 75th consecutive start. We've talked about her, how she played with magnificent players here at Oregon. Three of Oregon's players last year went in the top eight in the 2020 WNBA Draft, including number one and number two. You know who those players are, we don't have to keep talking about it as for now. Erin Bowley now gets the opportunity at another triple, and she spots and drills the left angle three. She's now got 13 points. The Ducks in a 10-0 run over the last two and a half minutes.
2: And that's where she is actually so strong from. Last season, she finished second in the Pac-12 with 78, we made threes a game. But who finished first? Mm,
1: I think we know her by the name of Brenna Maxwell. <laughs> Drew Gilton looking in the corner for Kennedy McQueen, and she throws it away Another turnover for Utah. Oregon gets another opportunity. Here's a right angle. Triple is up and no good by Tahina Pow Pau. It's tapped out of bounds off Utah, and it'll go back to the Ducks. Here we are, 18-4. Oregon with the lead, 3.35 to play in the opening quarter.
0: Left angle is
1: Sydney Parrish. She steps inside the three-point line and knocks it down, and the Ducks are cruising right now. A 20-4 lead. We've only played six and a half minutes. In the front court for Utah, here's Brenna Maxwell. Between the legs, dribble goes up top to Drew. Gilton holding on the inside. No look pass to Kennedy McQueen. She'll attack. No look past to Peyton McFarland, who catches down low, but she was out of bounds, and it's another turnover for Utah. And with that turnover, it looks I, I, the turnovers are showing five right now for the Utes. So five turnovers for Utah, and they've all come over the last few possessions.
2: Five turnovers for Utah. Four turnovers though for Oregon. I think the difference is the points converted off those five for Oregon, none for Utah, but ultimately right now what this game is showing us is that Oregon can shoot, Utah's struggling from the field right now to get points on the board.
1: Here's the freshman Maddie Schur goes up top to Jazz Shelley who's long on a three-point attempt. A long rebound ripped down by Lydia Giomi and Oregon regains possession. Up top, here's Jazz Shelley, a 20-4 lead for the 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks. We have a whistle, and they're gonna call a foul away from the ball on Drew Gilton, so it will go back to Oregon on the baseline. 2.37 to go, it's Oregon 20, Utah 4. The Ducks still just magnificent, despite losing all that talent from a season ago, reloaded with the number one ranked recruiting class this season in the nation. On the left wing, Maddie Sure, the freshman, goes up top. Here's a three-point attempt, but they called a foul prior to that pass, and it's going to be an offensive foul. Turnover, Oregon and go back to Utah. So this very talented freshman class, five freshmen, all named Gatorade players of the years in their respective states. We'll talk about that as it goes along. Two and a half to play in the opening quarter. Here's the very young, talented freshman, Kennedy McQueen. Open on the right angle, takes the triple and goes in and out. Good-looking shot there. But no good. Aaron Boley secures the board. Here come the Ducks the other way. Jas she Shelley in the front court. Check that. That's Maddie Scher. Goes up top to Aaron Boley. She'll take the left hand dribble, pick up her dribble, and then move it up top. And a foul will be called on Nia Becker as she tried to reach in on Sydney Parrish to 14. take it away. And it will go back to Oregon with a 16 point lead here in the early going. But we are
2: seeing, like you mentioned, the freshmen of this Utah team getting minutes against. One of the best teams in the country. That experience, until you actually play against it, is invaluable.
1: Could not agree more with that statement, especially, literally, this being your first game (laughs) against the Oregon Ducks, the 10th ranked team in the country. This experience is only going to help these young, and as I mentioned, very talented freshmen. Substitution for Utah, when checks back in. Long, uh, as well as Andy Torres. Kennedy McQueen stays out there. Up top, here's Jazz Shelley. A screen set. She'll drive to the basket. Great help defense by Lola. Moves it outside to Maddie sure And they're going to call a foul. Looks like on the screen, Angela Dugalich, a freshman from Des Plaines, Iowa. Des Plaines, Iowa. What am I saying? Des Plaines? Des Plaines. Okay. I knew you'd know I'm where a mid-westerner. it was. i knew you midwesterner. I knew and that's why I looked at you, because I knew you'd know exactly where it was.
2: You looked at me because I've always got your back.
1: Absolutely you do. <laughs> I could not appreciate it more. 150 to go <laughs> opening <laughs> quarter. The Utes have struggled offensively, <laughs> to say the least. They've scored just four points here in the first eight minutes of play. They've turned it over five times. Check that four times. Not five times. That was right the first time.
2: Typically, though. Utah would have already played non-conference games. And you can go back after those games and adjust. See what rotations are working. See where on the floor you need to make some of those changes. This is their first game. You know, we're all watching or listening, thinking honestly the same thing of, we just have to watch this one and see where we go from here.
1: Here's a jumper by Naya Becker that falls off the mark. Oregon secures the rebound. Quickly ahead, here's the push. Maddie Sure loses it out of bounds. Actually, that was Angela Dugalich. I tried to attack the paint, lost it out of bounds, and I'll go back to Utah. So, a game of turnovers so far. Uh, Oregon with a lot of turnovers as well. That was their seventh, but they are shooting 62% from the floor, as Utah shooting just 18%. 12 0 run for Oregon, but Utah has the ball. Running point will be Kennedy McQueen for Utah. Maya Becker up top, looking up top to Pendonde, and that goes right wing to Brenna Maxwell. One for two so far tonight. Kennedy McQueen goes to Nia Becker on the corner. Triple way off the mark. Nothing but air, and it's secured by Jazz Shelley.
2: In Oregon with a little one-two-two zone action. Utah has been doing a really good job of getting the ball into the paint. Against a zone, you need movement. You need to pass the ball. I wouldn't have maybe settled for a corner three.
1: Here's a quick pull by Sydney Parrish. She can't hit the three. Utah on the fast break. Kennedy McQueen looks right side, but she throws it away. Had Brenna Maxwell, but overthrew her. And it goes back to Oregon. 20 to 4. Utah with five turnovers over the last six minutes of play. Inside is Saboli. She can't get the layup to fall. It was a perfect 9 of 9 in her last game against Colorado. Missed her first shot there. Utah the other way after the rebound. Kennedy McQueen goes up top to, uh, to, to Andy Torres. She move it left side to Naya Becker up top to Pendande. Lola looking on the inside picks up her dribble, hands back to, uh, to hands back to Maxwell. She struggles, loses the ball, fumbles it out of ba- fumbles it, loses it, and it's going to be turned over. What sport Quickly you ahead think the other watching? way. <laughs> Quickly ahead the other way. Sydney Parrish gets it stripped out of bounds, and it will go back to Oregon
2: I know you were watching football last night
1: I was fumbles loses out of bounds lost it me oh my (laughs) that one just she could not control it lost it and turned it over another turnover for Utah 20 to four. Seven turnovers over the last seven minutes for
0: Utah
1: up top here's Saboli will look to heave it at the buzzer great defense by Peyton McFarland forces the miss and that ends the quarter
2: it was a 12-0 oregon run to end that first quarter when i look at these numbers turnovers are surprisingly the same right because you would think with the score being 20 to 4 there would be some breakdown that breakdown is utah not being able to hit a shot from the outside from the inside right now when that happens ball movement try to find something in the paint and go for the easy look
1: 20 to 4 the 10th ranked oregon ducks with the lead on the utah utes after 10 minutes of play We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Utah Basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back as the Utah Utes trail the Oregon Ducks 20 to 4 after 10 minutes of play. Amanda, what are some things that stuck out in your opinion here for the Utah Utes in that first quarter?
2: Well, when you say 20 to 4, I immediately think stat line, what's not working for Utah? It's just their shooting. They can't hit a shot right now. I'm looking at the numbers two of 12 from the field, 0 of 4 from the three point line, 0 of 2 on Lola's free throws. Then you look at Oregon, 8 of 17 from the floor, 3 of 8 from the three point line. That is the biggest difference right now. Turnovers are the same, rebounding is fairly equal, points off the turn Like, you want there to be a better explanation for what's happening in this game besides making shots, but simply that's what it is right now. Utah's not playing bad.
1: No. It's, it's Like you said, it's weird to say that they're not playing bad, trailing 20 to 4 here in the opening quarter. But everything you just said is, is exactly right. You see that they're doing what they want to be doing, getting the ball in the paint. You can see that's been an emphasis. They're just not hitting their shots. They've missed seven straight shots as we move into the second quarter. So we'll see if something can change here in this second quarter. Utah has possession to begin the second quarter. Naya Becker holding on the left wing. She'll skip it cross court to Drew Gilton. Now skips it back to Naya. She's open in the corner, takes the triple. That's the second time she's airmailed it. But it's landed right in the hands of Andy Torres, who sticks the layup. That drought can, uh, ends at eight consecutive missed shots. 20 to 6 the lead for Oregon.
2: And you know what? That's something that Coach Roberts talked about pregame. She said, we know that we are going to miss shots. It's the second effort maximum effort of not giving up on the play. Andy Torres, perfect positioning for a layup.
1: Aaron Boley goes to Niera Saboli. She spots from the free throw line and drills it. Niera Saboli, it's so strange, because you want to say Satu every time you see it. She has the same exact makeup as her sister, Satu. 22 to 6, the lead for the Ducks. There's a trap in the corner. Brenna Maxwell able to escape, but goes up top to to Drew Gilton. Gilton has it. She'll attack the paint, lose it, and kick it out of bounds. Turnover, Utah. She tried to drive. That defense collapsed. She got double teamed and lost it out of bounds. Another turnover for the Utes. Back to the Ducks.
2: Being more of an attacking scorer was an emphasis coming into the season for Drew Gilton. She said, I love passing. It's one of my favorite aspects of the game. But she wants to be able to score for this team when needed.
1: Sabali gets trapped down low, is able to escape out of it. Kicks it out to Taylor Mikesell, is short on the three. It's loose and Utah didn't hustle and Oregon regains possession. Here's the freshman, Tahina Pow Pow up top, takes the screen from Saboli. Drives through the lanes, stops, pops. Hands it off to Aaron Boley, who takes the left elbow jumper and Aaron Boley's magnificent game continues. She's now got 15 points on six of seven shooting. 24-6, to six, the Ducks all over the Utes here in the first half. Brenna Maxwell goes up top to Andy Torres. Left hand dribble up, now left wing to Naya Becker. Becker spins, drives, goes to the basket, misses the layup. Andy Torres able to get the offensive rebound and stick it back up and in.
2: That is now two consecutive plays in which Andy Torres has not given up on the initial play. And that is something that Coach Roberts said, that's a non-negotiable for us. Things are gonna happen, mistakes are going to happen, but we have to give our maximum maximum effort.
1: Taylor Mikesell goes inside to Sabali. Saboli drives, she's fouled and will earn free throws. She gets bumped by Lola Pendande, so free throws coming here for Niera
0: Saboli.
2: And if we look at this play that got Niera Saboli to the free throw line, she drives left, Lola Pendande, Behind her, what you have to do is you have to slide over and step in front of her defensively, try to take a charge, or if you do get fouled going
3: to, you know, in front
2: of her straight up, then fine. But it, it's almost like you can't be beaten on the hustle play from someone who is the exact same position and almost the exact same size as you.
1: Speaking of Lola Pendande, oh, okay. she picks up her second foul. Now, Amanda, Lola struggled mightily last year with that same exact problem. And the fact, some numbers will back it up. She averaged three and a half fouls per game last year, three disqualifications, had 16 games with at least four fouls last year, and 10 of her last 16 games had at least four fouls. She picks up her, her second foul here in the early going.
2: I remember talking specifically last season that Utah's a better team when Lola is on the floor when she's not able to be on the floor, that hurts Utah.
1: Saboli goes one for two from the line. Utah has possession. Seven and a half to play here in the second quarter. The Utes down 25 to eight. Here's a turnover as it was thrown directly to Erin Boley, but she misses the jumper. Utah with the rebound quickly ahead. Here's a triple in the corner. Kennedy McQueen spots from the corner and knocks down her first collegiate bucket. The freshman from Hennefer, Utah, drills it quickly ahead, though. Oregon's freshman, Tahina Pow with a nice, easy layup to extend the lead 27 to 11. Here's Brenna, same spot on that left wing, off the mark, offensive rebound. Zuza Poots, who's just checked in for the Utes, back up top. Here's the drive by Drew Gilton. She'll hand it off to Andy Torres. She's stopped by Aaron Boley. Goes to the uh, inside, to D'Souza. She'll drive and get stripped and right taken in. away by Tahina Pao Quickly ahead to Taylor Mikesell, who sails in for the left hand layup and gets it to fall. 29 to 11, the Ducks on top. Six and a half to play here in the second quarter. The 10th ranked Oregon Ducks, an offensive juggernaut once again this year, have scored 29 points for the first 14 and a half minutes. Drew Gilton open on the left elbow. Does not draw any iron way off the mark. Rebound, Oregon. Quickly ahead, here comes Sydney Parrish, the freshman for the Ducks. To the other freshman, Tahina Pow Pow. She drives, layup up, no good, but she's fouled and will earn free throws. She's fouled by Kennedy McQueen, so free throws coming here for the freshman, Tahina Pow Pow.
2: Once again, a very smart play from Tahina Pow Pow. As she drives past Kennedy McQueen and you know, you've got a five-star recruit, a four-star recruit. These are top players coming into this season. Tahina Pow Pow, though, man. Oh. I mean, Kelly Graves said that she reminds him of Sabrina in her ability to affect the game in so many different ways, whether it's her speed, whether it's off the pass, the dribble defensively. She's going to be exciting to watch.
1: She was named one of the five freshmen the California Gatorade State Player of the Year. She goes two for two from the line, makes it now 31 to 11. Utah has possession, trailing by 20 here in the second quarter. Up top here, Poots goes right wing to the freshman, Kennedy. McQueen will drive, get bumped and fouled by the other freshman, Sydney Parrish. There are a lot of freshmen on this floor here today. A lot for Oregon. But we got a lot here for Utah as well.
2: And I think, you know, what I keep going back to for Utah is you want to give the freshmen an opportunity to get minutes to see what they can do at the collegiate level. Because, frankly, Utah staff hasn't seen them play against any opponent besides each other. And then, you know, from Oregon's standpoint, they have had 12 different ducks score in their last two games.
1: Souza Poots with the beautiful move to drive baseline as she's able to get it to fall. But quickly, Oregon the other way. Niera Saboli had some space down low on Peyton McFarland. Spinned and scored. Two easy points for Utah. Check it, that was Andy Torres that she scored on. It's now 33 to 13. Utah getting some offense here, but can't get many stops. Kennedy McQueen with the beautiful feet on the inside, but Zuza Poots was not ready, and she turns it over. Two on one, fast break the other way. Great defense by Drew Gilton to tip the ball out and slow it down for the Ducks. Standing high up top, here's Taylor Mikesell, the junior, will slow it down and hand it back to Tahina Pow Pau. Pow Pau on the right wing, gets the screen set by Aaron Boley, going on the inside to Savely. She'll stop, pop, and travel. So they called a travel prior to the shot attempt. So it will be a turnover back to the Utah Utes. 33 to 13, the Oregon lead here in the second quarter. And we have a timeout on the floor, so we will take it with them. 4.56 remaining in the second quarter. It's Oregon 33, Utah 13. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome, welcome back. Here is the Utah Utes trail, the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks, 33 to 13 this first half. Being brought to you in part by CR England, one initiative uh, to fight childhood hunger will feed one child here in Utah for every single point the Utes score this season. So far today, the Utes have scored uh, 13 points. <laughs> but hey, they scored 13 points, which means CR England will feed 13 children. So Here we go, 33 to 13 the score. Uh, Amanda, what have you seen so far here in the second quarter as a big improvement we us on the first?
2: I mean, shooting. That's something that we've continued to talk about throughout this game so far. In the first quarter, Utah was outscored by Oregon 20 to 4. Here in the second, they're still being outscored. But the difference is just four points. Back to
1: live action now as the Utah Utes Trail by 20 points. Tell you what, the biggest problem right now for Utah is trying to figure out a way to stop Erin Boley. She's 6 of 8 from the floor, has 15 points, was named for the preseason All-Pac-12 team. And we're seeing why here in this uh, early stage of this game.
2: So she's got about half of Oregon's points.
1: That's exactly right, 15 of Oregon's 33. We'll see if Utah can figure out a way to slow her down. There's a pass on the inside. Zuza Poots looking for the cutting, Drew Gilton, but it's out of bounds to go back to the Utah Utes?
2: I don't know that it's necessarily finding a way to stop Erin Boley Then, like you said, Tyson, just figuring out a way to slow her down. Because right now, it's not like she's just only scoring from the three-point line or only scoring from layups. It's a mixture of both. So which of those can you take away defensively?
1: Andy Torres open in the corner. And for the third straight uh, uh, for the third time tonight, an air ball from Utah from the three-point line in the corner. Utah. Rebound, Oregon.
2: Just one of eight from the three-point line in this game, Tyson.
1: 420 to play. Quick trigger on the other side by the freshman, Pow Pow. She can't get it to go. Rebound, Utah. Drew Gilton pushing, handing off left side to Brenna Maxwell. She'll skip it up top to Hoots, who will go right side to the freshman. Uh, but kennedy mcqueen she goes up goes under what a play goes right past kylie watson and gets the layup to fall great move by the freshman kennedy mcqueen right there and
2: that starts with a quick first step
1: that was incredible she saw that little move she had a little bit of a mismatch kylie watson standing at six foot four and knew that she could get her to the basket that was pretty
2: and she goes left, right? So it's a quick first step past Kylie Watson. And then she extends with length. And she doesn't shy away from that contact on the left-hand side.
1: That was absolutely marvelous. Free throw is good, making it now 35 to 15. Kennedy McQueen, six points here in the early going to lead the Utes. Check that. She actually missed that free throw, 33 to 15. Here's a quick layup on the other side. Left side, Tahina Pow gets the layup to fall, 35. Uh, 35-18, there we go. We got the score right, 35-15, as the stats are just a little bit ahead of us right now. Here's a quick trigger three by Drew Gilton, and she spots and knocks it down, making it now 35-18, like I initially said. So quickly, Utah trying to get a little bit of offense going. They didn't have much of it in that first quarter, but we're seeing a difference here in the second as a quick drive on the right side forces a foul. Maddie Sure, the freshman will go to the line here for Oregon. So now to the free throw line, Maddie Sure. But I want to talk about what's different offensively here, in your opinion, for, uh, for Utah. Maddie for two shots.
2: Well, I think that we just have to continually remember that this is Utah's first game that they're playing this season. So Coach Roberts even said. We're gonna see the rust come out in certain moments. We just can't, you know, fall back on that and say, oh man, we, we missed that shot. We have to think like, okay, next play mentality. And that's what Utah's doing right now, right? Like the score, yes, is thirty six to eighteen. But I'm looking at this as what is working for Utah. And that is their ability right now to knock down those shots that weren't falling in the first quarter.
1: Free throw one for two for Maddie Scherer. Utah with possession now, trailing 36-18. Brenna Maxwell skies in the air, but cannot stick it. And it's the rebound ripped down by Oregon. Awesome. Pow, pow the other way. She'll hand off to the right side, Jazz Shelley. She'll spin in the paint and score. Beautiful move by last year's four. Uh, I actually, know that's Taylor Chavez. But beautiful move by Jazz Shelley, the sophomore from Mo Australia You get that layup to call.
2: Oh, I was just going to say that was absolutely beautiful in her ability to create separation using
0: the spin move.
1: Quickly on the inside, Kennedy McQueen hands off to Andy Torres, but it gets blocked out of bounds, or it gets blocked nearly out of bounds, saved by Oregon. And they'll head the other way. Pow Pow goes inside to Savoli. It's loose and controlled back by Pow Pow. Pow Pow on the right wing. Screen set up high by Kylie Watson. Goes left side to, to Niera Saboli, but she can't stick it on the left wing three-pointer. It's loose and controlled by Saboli. It was able to get her own rebound on the other side of the floor. That was spectacular. She has it on the right side. We'll drive on the freshman, Kennedy McQueen runs into her we'll own player, feet, and they're going to call an offensive foul, and moving screen. Amanda, that was a terrible call. Oregon. Uh, had a nice easy layup, but they called a uh, but they called a moving screen on the inside by Kylie Watson. I gotta say that that was a terrible call right there as the two Utes ran into each other.
2: And as Mira Saboli drives left, she's able to okay. beat Kennedy McQueen. And what wasn't there for Utah was help side defense. Drew Gilton did not slide over. And so, I mean, Utah got the call on that play, right? But it could have easily been another two points for Oregon.
1: 144 to play, 38 to 18 on the inside. Here's Peyton McFarland is met by Niera Saboli. Boy, Saboli's length showed out right there on that block as Peyton McFarland learned quickly just how big uh, I said Sato, Niera Saboli truly is. Quickly in the corner, Kennedy McQueen has five to lead Utah. Land off to the quick-triggered pull, a Maxwell, but she cannot stick the 15-footer. Rebound, Oregon. Left side, here's the drive by Pow Pow. She'll float for two, come up short. Another offensive rebound, this time by Maddie Scherer for the Ducks. She'll slow it down to Pow Pow. 115 to play. Pow Pow on the screen by Saboli. Controlling the offense, moving on top to Dougalich. Now right wing. Here's Maddie Schur.
0: Foul's going to be called away from the
1: ball. Four this four one on Zusa Poots. So Oregon will regain possession. 38-18, to 18, 112 to play. Zusa Poots picks up the foul. Oregon has it on the baseline.
4: Quick pull.
1: Beautiful play. And it ends up in the hands of Maddie sure Check that, that's Angela Dugalich. She quickly caught it and went off the glass to score two.
2: Which five-star recruit are you talking about? I don't you know? know.
1: There's a lot of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the thing, though, with this Oregon team. Like we've mentioned, they've got what they consider to be the Fab Five of their five-star recruits coming in and playing this season. And so, you know, Angela Duglidge scoring on that last possession. But Maddie sure, another name that we've said continually throughout this game.
1: Drew Gilton gets called for the travel violation. So Oregon has possession. Here's the pass on the inside to Angela Dougalich, but it's tapped out of bounds back to the Ducks. 40 to 18, the lead for the Oregon Ducks. But as we continue to, uh, to talk about uh, it, it feels as though based on that, on that interview that we had with Coach Roberts beforehand, but she's not necessarily concerned about the outcome of this game, more or less what the team can do. Here's, a, again, another beautiful out-of-bounds play as Tahina Pow Pow inbounded it, went to the corner, went back door, and found that wide open lane. Makes it now 42 to 18, 27 seconds to play. There's the drive, the spot up by the uh, sophomore. I almost, I almost said freshman, but the sophomore, Brenna Maxwell, she's unable to hit the shot, but she's fouled Will We'll go to the free throw line.
2: A lot has changed for both of these teams. One thing that hasn't changed is the release of Brynna Maxwell.
1: <laughs> that quick trigger. She has got one of the quickest releases that I think I've ever seen in the game. And you and, you and I talked about this when we were at the, uh, it was the scrimmage back last year when she was a freshman. First yeah. time we'd ever really seen her. She's one of those players, and, and, and if, if you remember, I ah. remember specifically saying she does not You're set her feet. Like she boy. sets her feet first, then catches, then shoots rather than catch, set feet, and then shoot, which is which is what everybody else seems to do, right. but not Brenna.
2: Her shot is all one motion, and she credits her dad for teaching her how to shoot in that, like you said, Tyson, she is stepping into her shot as she's catching it, and she's able to release it from the top. And that is how she's able to score over defenders when most players would not be able to get that shot off.
1: She goes two for two from the stripe. She was 94% from the line a year ago, so no surprise there. 42 to 20, five seconds remaining for Oregon. On the right wing, here's a heave at the buzzer by Angela Dougalich, and she gets it to fall while falling away to her left side. Unbelievable shot there by Angela Dougalich. Knocks down her first three-pointer of the season as time runs out. That was unbelievable, but she gets that to fall, and that's the way the first half comes to an end. It's no surprise at how that first half comes to an end with a shot like that falling for the Ducks.
2: That's how we do it in Illinois. Angela Dugalich <laughs> from Plaines, Illinois.
1: I love it. I
2: would expect nothing less. Okay.
1: <laughs> Coming up next, it's the U Game Day halftime report presented by America First Credit Union. We'll take a look at halftime stats, get you a scoreboard update in the studio. My man, James Peterson, we will take a break and come back with more. That's all coming up next on the AFCU Game Day Halftime Report. At the break, it's Oregon, the 10th-ranked team in the country, might I add, 45, Utah 20. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back inside the Ute Game Day Halftime Report presented by America First Credit Union, Utah's top auto lender. We offer low rates, flexible terms, 24-7 account access, and more. Apply today at AmericaFirst.com. All right, Amanda, here we sit at the halftime break, a game that's been very heavily controlled by the Oregon Ducks. They lead 45-20. to 20. Utah did score 16 points in that second quarter, so that's where I want to start. Let's kind of just erase that first quarter for a moment. What was Utah doing that was helping them to be much more effective on the offensive end in that second quarter as opposed to that first quarter?
2: Well, as simple as it sounds, I think that they just got a little bit of flow into their game, right? We talk about the 275 days. It was from the last game they played against another opponent. You can practice all you want. You can practice against each other. There can be great competition that you are competing against on your own team. But until you get your legs under you and you're running against not just any team, and it's not uncommon to play ranked teams in the Pac-12 conference, right? But the Pac-12 champion from last year who had, you know, COVID-19 not shut down the NCAA tournament very well could have been the overall national championship team. Granted, some players from that team are no longer on this Oregon team, but the dynamic of the team hasn't changed. You don't have those players, but we're seeing the same thing. Three-point shooting, attacking the basket, rebounding.
1: And to build on exactly what you're talking about there, three-point shooting, 36% from the floor in that first half, 58% from the field as a whole for the Oregon Ducks, and they uh, controlled those boards like we've talked about, uh, really doing a great job out-rebounding Utah 22-12. to uh, on that glass they had as well eight offensive rebounds so doing all they can like you said uh, in all three phases in in all three of those phases of the game
2: yeah the score is 45 to 20 in Oregon's favor but Utah just looked more comfortable in the second half Oregon is Oregon right they are very ingrained in their system of what they're going to run and they're flexible in in their motion and it's actually, I think, been a positive for Utah to have to play against a couple different defenses. We've seen Oregon play in man-to-man. We've seen them go to its own, and so Utah's had to adjust to passing the ball, moving the ball, attacking off the dribble, and they just looked more comfortable in that second half.
1: They really did, and we'll you know we'll see if something can change here in the second half defensively. Now, because obviously Oregon is a great. They're uh, I use the term, they're an offensive juggernaut, and they're again an <laughs> offensive juggernaut for what seems like the fifth straight year ever since uh, uh, ever since Sabrina Ionescu arrived at Oregon, they've just been unstoppable on the offensive end, and it's continuing again. They average 93 points a game on the season so far. Check that. I think I shorted them one point. 94 points per game on the season so far. And uh, they're showing here in this first half why that is.
2: Well, what I'd like to see from Utah in this second half is you're not going to stop Oregon offensively, right? Like we talked about this with Aaron Boley. You're not gonna stop Aaron Bully, but what can you do to slow her? What can you do to slow this Oregon team down? As I'm looking over the stats, Oregon scored twenty points in the paint as opposed to Utah's twelve. So if anything, at this half, I think that an emphasis going into the third quarter for the youths, could be, how do we limit the touches that they get in the paint? Let's force them to shoot outside from, a, from the three. And if they hit that and we're contesting that, fine. That was a great defensive effort. But let's make them earn their points.
1: We'll take a break. When we return, we'll send it into the studio and let you hear from James Peterson on a scoreboard update from around the, the Pac-12 and more. Is The Utah Utes trail the Oregon Ducks 45-20 to You're listening to the America First Credit Union Halftime Show, Utah's top auto lender offering low rates, flexible terms, 24-7 account access, and more. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College.
0: This copyrighted broadcast is an exclusive presentation of Learfield IMG College under the broadcasting rights granted by the University of Utah. Reuse of this presentation is prohibited without the expressed written consent of the university and Learfield IMG College. Announcers are provided by Learfield IMG College and approved by the university.
4: Utah fans, welcome inside the Broadway Media Studios in downtown Salt Lake City. I'm James Peterson, and this is the Utes Game Day Halftime Scoreboard Report, part of the America First Halftime Show from Learfield IMG College. Utah trails number 10, Oregon 45-20 at halftime. Andrea Torres leads Utah with four points and five rebounds, while Aaron Boley leads the Ducks with a game-high 15 points and four rebounds. Elsewhere in the Pac-12... Just about to tip off is Arizona hosting USC. And that one that one's tipping off just a few minutes from now from the McHale Center in Tucson. And three other games still to play at 2 p.m. about an hour from now. Number nine UCLA takes on undefeated Arizona State down in Tempe. Then at 3 number 2 Stanford tips off against 3 and 0 Washington in Palo Alto and at 6 number 17 Oregon State hosts 2 and 1 Colorado. Washington State versus Cal has been postponed. In the top 25, number 1 South Carolina beats number 23 Iowa State 83 to 65. Aliyah Boston led the Gamecocks with 13 points and 15 boards and 3 assists. Well, number 5 Louisville takes down Tennessee Martin 85-67. Dana Evans had 26 points for the Cardinals and number 24 Michigan prevails over Wright State 82 to 59. Leah Brown scored 24 points and grabbed 7 rebounds for the Wolverines. Still 3 games to play or 3 games in action currently in the top 25. At halftime, number 8 NC State doubling up Coastal Carolina. 5125 and with 7 minutes to play in the third number 19 Ohio State leads Northern Kentucky 60 to 37 number 22 Syracuse with a slim halftime lead over Penn State 33 to 32 still to play number 18 Gonzaga hosts or is on the road at South Dakota State number 13 Indiana in Kentucky facing number 11 Kentucky and number 4 or number 16 Arkansas host number 4 Baylor and number 25 Texas hosts number 12 Texas A&M and two more games postponed Seaton Hall and Yukon and number 20 DePaul versus Xavier both of those have been postponed Utah football got their first win of 2020 Beating the Oregon State Beavers 30 24 at Rice Eccles Stadium last night. Freshman running back Ty Jordan had a career high 167 yards and a touchdown. And Britton Covey is back. He had his first touchdown since the 2018 season one receiving touchdown and a punt return score in the second half to help Utah pull away. Once again, Utah trails number 10 Oregon 45 20 at halftime. Andrea Torres leads the way for Utah with four points and five rebounds, while Aaron Boley leads the Ducks with a game-high 15 points and four rebounds. Coming up, Tyson Ewing and Amanda Mitchell will bring you the second half of Utah versus number 10 Oregon at Matthew Knight Arena in Eugene. I'm James Peterson, and this has been the Utes Game Day Halftime Scoreboard Report, part of the America First Halftime Show, and this is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College.
1: Welcome back here inside as the University of Utah trails the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks as we get ready to play the third quarter. We'll see if there's some improvements made here in this uh, third quarter in the second half as a whole. See if Utah can come away with some positivity here down the stretch. Oregon starters back on the floor. Taylor Mikesell pops a quick angle three that goes airmail and right into the hands of Nia Becker. Utah pushing the other way. Great transition by Lola Pendande, but she misses the layup. Cannot stick it, rebound Oregon. Missed layups have been a problem so far for Utah here today. Here's a screen set up top by Saboli. They're gonna call a foul on Brenna Maxwell as she tried to go through Saboli there.
2: If we look back to that last play from Utah, first, great court vision from Drew Gilson to get the ball to Lola Pendande then there's no reason to be rushed, you know? And I think that that's what she is still working on, is not rushing her shot. You can—you have the time to square up to the basket.
1: Tahina Pow Pow steps on the line. She was actually just in front of that line, but she does knock down the deep two and makes it 47 to 20. Here's the drive by Drew Gilton. She gets in the paint, loses it, and turns it over. They're going to call a foul after they turned it over, so it's going to go back to the Utah U- uh, to the Oregon Ducks. At least it looks like initially. Let's see what they call here. 47 to 20. as if her toe was on the line. Yeah, so that three-point shot, her toe was on the line, so it was 47 to 20 rather than 48 to 20. But Utah did turn it over, and Drew Gilton committed the foul down low. Saboli, she'll drive, she'll miss. It's loose, it's out, and into the hands of Saboli. She'll quickly stick it back up and in, 49 to 20, another offensive rebound for Oregon.
2: Rebounding is something that stood out to me for Oregon, the first two quarters, uh, and now here into the third they've been able to out-rebound Utah 24-13, to 9-7 to on O-boards, but then 15-6 to defensively, and I think that that's where Utah's struggling right now, is they've been able to relax offensively and get a little bit of flow going uh, and some rhythm, but now on the defensive end you have to work to get stops.
1: Triple on the corner by Naya Becker is in and out. She struggled so far here today. Rebound pulled down by Utah, or excuse me, by Oregon, and here comes Pow Pow all the way to the basket. She lost it as she tried to feed Satu Sabali, and a jump ball was called between Sabali and Drew Gilton.
2: It was great defense from Drew Gilton, knowing that that was the play that Tahina Pow Pow wanted to do, and I would assume it's because Drew Gilton also has great court vision and is able to make those passes.
1: A three-pointer straight away by Andy Torres, it sails in and out. Rebound Oregon, Utah's three-point shooting struggles continuing here in the second half. So far here tonight, they're just 18% from three, two of 11. But Tahina Pow Pow steps into a three-pointer straight away and knocks it down, making the score now 53 to 20. This game being completely controlled by the Oregon Ducks, they now lead by 33 points with 7.30 to play in the third quarter. Now, Amanda, we got to remember this is Utah's first game, and they're playing against one of the nation's top teams.
2: And like we talked about, that's not uncommon in the Pac-12 conference to play against a ranked opponent. Coach Roberts has even said that this isn't just bias of the Pac-12 being the best league for women's college basketball. It has proven to be from the competitiveness and the rankings that we see in the AP polls. Brenna Maxwell, no good on that three-pointer. Rebound, Lola Pendande,
1: and she'll go to the free throw. Moment. There you go, I like that play-by-play by Amanda Smith right there, is yeah. the three-pointer no good by Brenna Maxwell. A couple of offensive rebounds. Another missed layup for Utah though. Not only are they missing from the outside, but they're also missing near the rim as well today. But free throws coming, as Amanda mentioned, by Lola Pendande. Lola already 0 for 2 from the stripe here today. Her first one is off the mark as well. That's where she was really good a year ago. 73% free throw shooter, but she starts today 0 for 3 from the stripe with one more coming. And as you can tell that perfect little swish, that one is good. So it makes it now 53 to 21. advantage of 32 by the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks. Here come the Ducks into the front court. Tahina Pow Pow leads the way with 16 points. She's got five here, excuse me, six here. Uh, they will change it, but uh, this says six, but she actually has five here in the second half. Erin Boley takes a right-angle triple. It's off the mark, rebound Lola Pendande. She'll push ahead to Kemri Martine, who's checked in for the first time here tonight. Up top to Lola Pendande. Pendande steps to the, ro- uh, to the right elbow, picks up her dribble, looking for the backdoor cutter, Zuzsa Poots. Beautiful feed, actually that was Brenna Maxwell. Beautiful feed from Lola Pendande to Brenna on the backdoor cut, two easy points for Utah there. 53-23, 6.35 to play second quarter. Oregon looking the other way. Tahina Pow Pau drives the lane, floats it for two and scores. And Tahina Pau Pau is in a rhythm here in the second half. She's got seven, even though the stats say eight, here in the second half.
2: And it was just a smart play as she drove in toward the right side to see Lola Pendante stepping up and knowing that she's not going to come too high above the free, free throw line. She says, okay, we'll put the jump.
1: 55-23, Naya Becker will drive, float, get bumped, miss it, it's loose on the deck, rebound by Lola Pendande. She'll try to find the cutting Brenna Maxwell, but turn it over in the process. Two on one, fast break the other way. Bowley to the basket, floats it, it's too long, rebound, Camry Martin. Utah looking to attack the other way. Pendande on a two on two, will pick it up, go out to Brenna Maxwell, right angle three, no. Rebound, Oregon, Sabali quickly takes a couple of dribbles. Even though she plays the five, running the point here, going right side to Aaron Bully will slow it down for Oregon. They lead by 32 here in the second half. Standing high up top, Taylor Mikesell, a transfer from Maryland, for the right wing. The in and out dribble now goes up top to Aaron Bully he will hand off left side to Taylor Chavez, bounce pass right side to Saboli. She gets double teamed down low, attacks the basket anyway, and it gets ripped and taken away by Naya Becker. Becker goes all the way to the basket, sails for the scoop right hand layup, making it now 55-25. That's Naya Becker's first two, and she had missed her first six shots.
2: And she is so lengthy. Her arms are so long, she was able to just extend past Oregon's Taylor Mikesell.
1: Pow cannot hit the three. Rebound, Brenna Maxwell. She'll slow it down to Kemri Martin. Kemry did not play in that first half. He stands high straight away. Goes to Lola Pendande. Uh, Pendande will hold Lob inside to Andy Torres. She'll spin on the much smaller Taylor Mikesell and score. Great offense there by Utah. 55-27. Utes on a little bit of a mini run here, a 7-2 run over the last two minutes and 45 seconds. Satu Sabli standing high in the left wing. I said Satu, I meant uh, Niera. I'm gonna say that anytime I watch Oregon now. Here's Taylor Mikesell, check it, it's Taylor Chavez steps into a jumper and knocks it down. Taylor Chavez named the 2020 Pac-12 sixth player of the year a year ago. Gets that jumper to fall, makes it 57 to 27. Here's Kemri Martin, angle left jumper inside the three-point line, in and out, no good. Rebound, Oregon. They'll quickly look to push ahead. Here's a quick triggered three by Taylor Mikesell. It's off the mark. And Lola Pendande with the rebound. High-intensity game here as the speed, the pace is picked up. Naya Becker drives the baseline. Hands off to really her best friend on the team. That's Andy Torres. And she'll be fouled and will earn free throws. That relationship between Andy Torres and Naya Becker off the floor is spectacular. As pretty feed there by Naya Becker, and a timeout's been taken on the floor. So 3.45 to play in the third quarter. It's Oregon 57, Utah 27. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back as the Utah Utes trail the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks by a score of 57 to 27. It's been all Oregon here. A lot to learn from here in this opening game for the Utah Utes. The second half being brought to you in part by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Unhinged starring Russell Crowe. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. 57-27 the score, Amanda. This third quarter, it seems as though Utah continuing what they did in that second quarter. Offensively, at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the third quarter stats specifically right now. Oregon outscoring Utah just 11-7. But I loved what you just said, that in this game, Utah has a lot to learn. They have not played against any opponent, and now their first game of this season, they are playing against the number 10 Oregon Ducks.
1: Uh, you can't, unfortunately for these freshmen, you, you can't teach it without experience. I mean, they have to just come out right away, and play one of the top teams in the entire country so it is what it is and it's a complete learning experience especially for these young uh, for these young players and even for those who are experienced on this team it's still a great learning experience
2: totally and that's kind of what you expect when you choose to go to a school in the pac-12 conference you want to play against the best players and so you know we've seen minutes from kennedy mcqueen from um, now for the first time Henry Martin this game. It's just, and we're talking about, you know, Brenna Maxwell and Lola Pendante, like they're seniors. They're sophomores, right? They just played a lot of minutes last season. Andy
1: Torres goes 0 for 2 from the stripe. Utah's free throw shooting has been abysmal here in this opening game. Oregon with the rebound off the missed free throw. Jazz Shelley goes coast to coast. It's the layup to fall. They did change that three-pointer to a two, so it is 58 to 27 after that Jazz Shelley runner. Kennedy McQueen is back in the game for Utah. Takes the step-back three-pointer on the right wing. It's off the mark, offensive rebound, Andy Torres. Kicks it out to Naya Becker, three-pointer, no. It's loose and controlled by Oregon. Utah's struggling, shooting the ball in all phases right now. Oregon with the rebound and pushes ahead. It's a quick feed down low to Lydia Giomi, and a quick foul will be called down low.
2: I do want to note, though, that yes, Utah has struggled shooting game. But goodness, it just comes back to that first quarter when they were outscored twenty to four. Because from that point on they're outscored twenty five to sixteen. Now in the third so far, thirteen to seven. But twenty to four. And that's actually something that last season Utah talked about was not getting down to these large leads and having to cut at that deficit especially against ranked opponents where you know that they're gonna continually score and not necessarily uh, become stagnant but it's a learning experience this is their first game if we were having this conversation in a typical non-conference game against a different opponent this probably isn't the score of the game right
1: Miss free throws by Lydia Giomi. Utah turns it over the other way. And Oregon regains possession. Jazz Shelley hands off to Aaron Bully, stops and pops in the Pac-12 logo 12 feet away and gets it to fall. Making it now 60 to 27. Utah quickly looking to push ahead as they trail now by 33, their largest deficit of the game. Lola Pendande goes baseline, goes up and under with her offhand, goes off the glass and scores. 60-29, to great move by Lola Pendande down low. Got the lead to 31. She has Shelly looking to push. She goes on the inside, little in and out dribble past Lola Pendande. Lola did not bite and swats it out of bounds. Back to Oregon. I like how you said going back to what you talked about about having this conversation. If it were regular circumstances, this this would be very disappointing. If this were you know a typical March sixth, uh, excuse me, December sixth game, this would be a very difficult game to watch and very disappointing. But with this being the first game against a team like this, I mean, you've got to pick and choose your battles where where you really want to uh, argue about how a team's really playing.
2: You know, when I mentioned this before. But it's something that I'm just continually thinking about as I'm watching this game unfold. Is what Coach Roberts said, where she's focused on what her team is doing, the expectation, the non-negotiables that they have, which is, you know, maximum effort, communication, and next play mentality. And what Utah hasn't done is they haven't stopped playing. Right. They're still trying, and I think that that's really important to note.
1: Oregon scores off the inbounds play, making it 62 to 29. Three-pointer by Andy Torres is off the mark, and the struggles continue as Oregon goes coast to coast. A runner by Jazz Shelley falls, making it 64 to 29. Oregon's largest lead of 35 now, with 107 to go here in the third quarter. Running the point is Henry Martin. Goes to the corner to Nia Becker. Nia will drive. Handoff to uh, that's the three-point shooting. Kennedy McQueen, who can't stick that right-angle triple, and the rebound for Oregon. Here comes Parrish the other way, lobbing down low to Dugalich. Dugalich will fumble it and pick it back up. She goes outside to Maddie Schur on the right wing. Schur gets the screen set by Dugalich, drives the paint. Lefty is off the mark, but it's right in the hands of Sydney Parrish, who finds herself open, goes glass and scores 66 to 29. Utah has struggled offensively here. They've missed seven of their last eight shots and four in a row down the stretch here this third quarter. Right side, Kennedy. McQueen screen set by Pendande. McK- uh, Kennedy McQueen dribbling back up top with 14 to shoot. Utah, no rush here as the shot clock's been turned off. McQueen standing up top. Crosses over, goes left. Looking up top to Andy Torres. She'll take the three straight away. It's off the mark. It's out of bounds, but the horn sounds and the third quarter has expired as the ducks outscore the Utes 21 to 9 in the third quarter and the lead has been flexed now all the way to 37 for the Oregon Ducks at 66 to 29. this is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back, here's the Utah Utes trail by 37 points as we begin the fourth quarter of action. Utah is shooting 26% from the floor, 11% from the three point line. Uh, Amanda, that's not gonna get it done.
2: No, you know, I'm just taking a look over the statistics from this game as we head into the fourth quarter. And it really does sound so simple, but when you don't hit shots, you're not going to win. And so, Oregon, they're hitting their shots, and Utah's just not. It's, it's really that simple. Yeah. Oregon's shooting 57% from the field. Utah, 26%. And then the big one, right, three-point field goals. 31% for Oregon, 11% from Utah. I do want to note that Oregon has only scored 15 points from the three-point yeah. win. So, they're, they're getting those opportunities on those short little jumpers inside as they you know, have 30 points in the paint, but that's going to come, right? You have to figure out all those things, and then you take it into the next game, which will be against Oregon State. You make adjustments. You figure out what rotations are working offensively and defensively. Frankly, this game had to happen. It just happened to be against the number eight. The number 10 ranked team in the country that is oregon
1: and as you mentioned only 15 points in the three point line very atypical of an oregon team to only hit five threes and then right on cue here's a triple off the mark oh my goodness that went bank i sure hope that sydney parish called bank on this one because the six 3 three-pointer for oregon was easily the ugliest three-point make on the night kelsey reese has checked in for the first time for utah here today the freshman coming to us from Glenelg, North, South Australia. She has it straight away, skips it to the corner and throws it right into the hands of Maddie Scherer. Oregon going the other way, 69 to 29, a great defensive play by Kelsey Reese as she meets Angela Dugalich at the rim. Oregon does regain possession, however. Down low, Lydia Giomi going one-on-one with Peyton McFarland, she floats the left hand and scores oregon just pouring it on right now a 41 point lead for the oregon ducks oh, i said 41 i meant 42.
2: i mean but that's what they have been averaging yep. beating their opponents by
1: exactly right so far this year in the three games averaging 42.3 point differential in their games here's a triple from the corner and for the fourth time tonight an air ball by kennedy mcqueen uh, by uh Martin. Quickly the other way, a foul call on the coast-to-coast drive by Sydney Parrish and free throws coming for the freshman from Fishers, Indiana.
0: 8.39 to play. It's
1: Oregon 71, Utah 29.
2: I also know all about Fishers, Indiana. Any yeah. small Midwest town. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Fishers, I'm Indiana. your girl. That Midwest, if I have any Midwest questions, I know exactly where I'm coming <laughs> to. There's no doubt about that. Parrish goes in and out on the first of two free throws, but... Uh, Sydney Parish, one of the five players on this team that was named Gatorade State Player of the Year in her respective state. That is unbelievable. They have five of them. Utah has two of them, but Oregon has five of them.
2: I mean, it's five-star recruit after five-star recruit, after five-star recruit. I guess I could say it two more times just to prove (laughs) the point, there are five of them, but goodness, you know. We talk about what Oregon lost. Let's talk about what they gained. Right.
1: They gained a lot. Here's the feed inside. Kelsey Reese looking for Peyton McFarland, and she overthrew her, and it's a turnover for Utah Utes. Oregon 72, Utah 29. Down by 43 points here in the second half. Here's the drive by Maddie Sure, Hands off to the cutting, Lydia Giomi, and she scores. 74-29, Oregon is pouring it on the Utah Utes here in Utah's opening game. On the right side, Drew Gilton, kicks it up top to Kelsey Reese, takes her first shot of her collegiate career, and it sails off the mark, landing in the hands of Jazz Shelley. Former Sixth Player of the Year a year ago, drives to the front court. Moving it up top to Sydney Parrish. Parrish will cross over, will drive in the paint, get to the rim easily and score. 76-29, Utah being blitzed here in this fourth quarter, outscoring, uh, being outscored 10 to nothing. And it's now 76 to 29. You know I'm good at math, but I'm starting to lose the opportunity of being able to tell 3. what the difference 7. is here 24. so far. Here's the drive.
2: That makes one of us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's a three point shot in the corner, and the freshman, Kennedy McQueen, knocks it down. It's nice to see Kennedy McQueen get some rhythm here in this game. She's really been a bright spot in what's been a really tough game for Utah here today.
2: Yeah, you know, she has played 19 minutes in her conference debut. Isn't that, I like had to think about it for a second. This is the
1: first time you and I have had a chance to see Kennedy McQueen play, and it's her conference debut. Here's a floater in the paint, way off the mark by Maddie Scherer and recovered by Utah's Brenda Maxwell. She'll push ahead. Right side, Kennedy McQueen with eight to lead Utah. Gets in the paint, left-hand layup is blocked out of bounds. Great defense by Kylie Watson, and it will go back to Utah on the baseline. But Kennedy's not being shy either she's attacking the paint and she's taking the shots that she uh, that she likes I'm very impressed with Kennedy here in the opening uh, in the opening game here's a corner triple taken by Brenna Maxwell and Brenna's struggled here tonight she falls at this two of nine from the uh, from the floor. And, just, and has not made a three. 0 for 5 from three, rebound Oregon. Here's the drive by Jazz Shelley. She hangs in the paint, scores, gets fouled, and has an opportunity at a three-point play. 78 to 32. The Oregon Ducks, in my opinion, yes, I've not really been able to see a whole lot of top 10 teams, but I think they're better than the 10th ranked team in the country right now.
2: And it's funny to watch this game and think, like, we have seen Aaron Boley play before. We've seen Taylor Chavez. We've seen Jazz Shelley. But they weren't the highlights of the team, right? They weren't that go-to person that we were constantly talking about because you had Sabrina Ionescu, you had Satu Sobeli, and Ruthie Hebert. Now, it's kind of their team. Well, it's not kind of. It, it is, is their, their team. team. You're right. Period. And so yes, Oregon has gained five five-star recruits, but they also have the experience of these players that played with some of, if not the best players in the entire country.
1: Correct. Yes, Shelley missed the free throw, but Oregon gets the offensive rebound. Angela Dugalich gets fouled, and she goes two for two from the line, making it 80 to 32. Utah trailing by 48. Here's the pass on the inside. Kelsey Reese gets her third turnover. Coast to coast, a beautiful feed from Angela Dugalich as she finds Sydney Parrish going right down the lane. And Oregon now has put up a 50 spot lead on the Utah Utes, 82 to 32. Quick three pointer by Kennedy McQueen, rattles out. Oregon with the rebound, Angela Dugalich the other way. Slows it down to Jazz Shelley. She spots up for three and connects. It is raining threes right now in Oregon. 85-32, the lead for the Oregon Ducks as a timeout has been taken on the floor. A 53-point lead for the Oregon Ducks with five minutes and 30 seconds remaining here in this one. The Utah Utes have been absolutely blistered here today and have struggled mightily shooting the basketball. Meanwhile, Oregon quite the opposite. They are on fire and have taken a 53-point lead. The second half being brought to you in part by C.R. England, one initiative to fight childhood hunger will feed one child here in Utah for every single point the Utes score this season. So far today, the Utes have scored 32 points. That means 32, uh, that, uh, that C.R. England will feed 32 children. So, we'll take a quick break as the Utes trail by 53. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. to play in the fourth quarter. The Utah Utes just trying to get out of this one as quickly as they possibly can, trailing the 10th ranked Oregon Ducks by 53 points on the road. This second half being brought to you in part by Wells Fargo. This is our team committed to better banking for you. This is Wells Fargo, proud sponsor of the Utah Utes. Now Amanda, at this point, I'm to a point now where I'm not quite sure about the positives to talk about outside of watching someone like Kennedy McQueen doing what she's doing on the floor so far.
2: I would add to that just the experience of getting collegiate minutes for Peyton McFarland and Kelsey Reese as well. Granted, you know, it's not showing up on the stat line, but these are players that have not played in a collegiate game until today.
1: Speaking of players that have not played in a collegiate game, Donna Tembu has checked in for the Utah Utes. So right now, Utah has four freshmen on the floor with Naya Becker. 524 to play as it's out of bounds. It's just tapped off of Oregon, so it'll go back to the Utah Utes. So you, the trigger. Go ahead.
2: Uh, well, you know what? I, I was just going to add to what you were saying. You take away the score of the game, which is 85 to 32. And you say, I have an opportunity as a coach to let the freshmen on my team play against some of the best talent in this country and see what they can do. We note that, and then we go from here.
1: Kelsey Reese in the paint. Sky into the bucket, but she cannot finish the runner. Great feed from Tana, uh, from Donatambu, rebound Oregon. To 85-32 the score. She has Shelly up top, driving the paint, stopping beautifully and handing off to Kylie Watson. She couldn't corral it, but chases after it. Watson in the corner, skips it back up top to Dugalich. Dougalich goes left side to a wide open Watson from the corner, it's off the mark, it's tapped, it's loose, and recovered by Angela Dugalich. She skies for the bucket, can't hit the runner, it's Recovered by Peyton McFarlane, and then she promptly turns it over, but then fights for the jump ball, and it will go back to Utah. Timeout on the floor with 430, uh, 435 to play here in the fourth quarter. It's Oregon 85, Utah 32. Back with more second half action after this. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Well, 434 to play here in the fourth quarter in a game that has been heavily controlled by the Oregon Ducks. Now, Amanda, I do know you uh, You love the Pac-12. You love the Pac-12. Who doesn't love the Pac-12? The Pac-12, in my, in, in my opinion, in your opinion, probably, we'll find out, is the best conference in women's college basketball.
2: It's not just an opinion. Yeah. Okay, it's been proven. Proven? No, it has been. You know, you look at the preseason rankings, you've got five Pac-12 teams all ranking in the AP Top 25. It's tied for the most in any league. This is the League of Champions.
1: Four of them are in the top ten. It's possible that because of South Carolina's loss that Stanford's going to become the number one team in the country. You saw what Arizona did to UCLA earlier this week. They they knocked them off by three on Friday. And you have this 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks team, which after these two convincing victories this weekend, will probably fly up those rankings a little bit.
2: Every game in this conference is competitive, whether you're – the number one ranked team in the conference or falling at the bottom half of that. You know what you were expecting when you sign up to go to a Pac-12 school, and that's playing against the best competition coming from all over the country.
1: So here we go, back to live action as the Utes just look to get something going here. In the final 434, they have four freshmen on the floor right now. We'll see what these freshmen can do. Nia Becker, the lone non-freshman on the floor. Peyton McFarland is out there. Hands off to Donna Tambu. Right side to the corner. Here's the triple on the way and down by Nia Becker. Becker, who had struggled mightily up to that point. Good to see her get that one go through, and I'm sure she loves to see that ball finally go to the rim. 85-35. Taylor Chavez the other way. It's uh, nearly taken away, but it's recovered by Sydney Parrish, and she's going to get fouled. Now, Amanda, one thing that's really stuck out to me in this one that we haven't talked about is you see Oregon really getting those 50-50 balls. You see them on the deck; they're the ones hustling right now. There's a good reason as to the reason. There's a plenty of good reasons as to why they're up by 50 right now, but that's just one of the many reasons because they're just they're out hustling Utah right now.
2: And Coach Roberts talked about in our pre-game coverage with her that maximum effort was what she was expecting from her team today you know when the score is 85 to 35 it's hard to say that that's what you were getting but also you have to consider like the big asterisk next to this game of it being utah's first game of this 2020 2021 season they're playing against oregon okay oregon and then now on the court, you've got four freshmen who have never played collegiate minutes giving you a chance to run the floor.
1: Naya Becker scores for Utah, then promptly it's taken away by Donna Tambu, and she gets her first collegiate bucket as she goes coast to coast. A beautiful little Euro step to get to her left side and float it up for two, 85-39. There's a triple in the corner taken by Sydney Parrish. Off the mark, but an offensive rebound all the way by Taylor Chavez in nearly into the backcourt but she was on the line and it's gonna go back to Utah. A quick little 7-0 run here by these freshmen plus Naya. Naya with five points. And you just heard us, Donna Tambu with the seventh. Here's the very talented uh, freshman, Kennedy McQueen. Moving it up top to Kelsey Reese who takes a straightaway triple. That one's off the mark and Oregon secures the board. Here comes Maddie Schur in the front court, right side of Taylor Chavez. She was named the 2026 Player of the Year a year ago. She goes left elbow to the hands of Kylie Watson. She'll spin in the paint and meet the towering Kelsey Reese and it's poked free. Donna Tambu the other way, stops in the paint, goes up top to Peyton McFarland. She'll take a little 14-foot runner. Don't know if Coach Roberts likes that shot, but it comes up short into the hands of Oregon right side is taylor chavez now into the corner here's a triple by Dougalich. it sails off the mark rebound donna tambu tambu bounce pass ahead to kennedy mcqueen mcqueen will slow it down and set up the offense for utah she looks over to coach roberts McQueen on the right wing screen coming as she'll take it from peyton mcfarland take this triple from the right Big side, ball. it falls off the mark but into the hands of Naya Becker, back to Kennedy. Kennedy was open, didn't take it, drives the paint, it's kicked out to Naya Becker, literally it was kicked out and that was the call, it was a kickball violation. So we go back to Utah, with 20 on the shot clock, as it gets reset to 20, 152 remaining. Nice to see something going positively here for Utah down the stretch.
2: Well, and if there's anything I have noticed in now four quarters of play from Utah, It's that Kennedy McQueen has kind of had the red light all game, or the green light, the red light.
0: The green light
2: all game to make some sort of move and then either pull up four or three or attack the basket.
0: And I think that that kind of goes to show the
2: expectation that through the next stretch of conference games, we could be seeing more minutes from her on the right. floor.
1: Yeah, we'll see. it. Very, very interesting to see how that will play out. She surprised me with how good of a passer she is as well. McQueen inbounds to Nia Becker. Becker will drive, float in the paint, and score. Nia Becker getting rolling here down the stretch. Very good, really for her psyche as well to see these uh, to see these baskets fall for her.
2: And another tip away from what could have been an Oregon fast break thanks to Donna Tambu. She has actually played incredibly well in the, you know, about five minutes that she's gotten in this fourth quarter. She first had that defensive stop that led to an offensive layup for her, and and she's really showing her athleticism and
1: length. 85-41. Utah with a bit of a run here down the stretch. Here's a corner triple pulled up and off the mark by Oregon. Donna Tambu with the rebound. She'll push ahead. We'll slow it down. Here's Kennedy McQueen running the point for Utah. Screen coming by Kelsey Reese. She'll go left side. Get in the paint, circle around Peyton McFarlane, kick it out to Nia Becker. She'll stop and pop and knock down the left elbow jumper. Nia Becker, yet again, getting the basket to fall in Utah on an 11-0 run over the last three minutes and Nia Becker with nine of them, 85-43. Here's the pass on the inside, recovered well, but saved out of bounds, or saved from the out of bounds, right to a Utah player by Oregon. Here's Nia Becker, she will drive baseline. Now cross to her right, get in the paint, kick it out to Tambu. Donna drives, gets bumped, gets fouled, and Donna Tambu will have an opportunity at free throws here. 33 seconds remain, but boy oh boy, what a great stretch by Utah down the stretch here. And this is what we wanted to see, nice to see it come, at some juncture in this game. It's kind of too bad that it came with just four and a half minutes to go, but still nice to see it. Donna Tambu in and out on the first free throw and the free throw struggles continue for Utah. They are just three of 10 in the free throw line here tonight.
2: I mean, shooting, period, has been a struggle for Utah in this game today.
1: Donna's free throw on the way and that one is way off the mark. 32 seconds remain, and Utah now 3 of 11 from the free throw line, which is very strange because they were a great free throw shooting team a year ago.
0: Looking at the numbers,
1: their lowest free throw percentage outage of any game last year was their second game of the year, or was uh, actually not their second game, but it was their second game in Hawaii when they went uh, to that tournament in Hawaii. They played Texas San Antonio. They were just 5 of 11 from the free throw line, 45% but in today's game, 3 of 11 from the stripe. Not that it would help much in today's game, but you have to you really have to uh, to zip that up a little bit.
2: But I also think we need to note that it's not like Oregon has attempted 10 20 more shots than Utah. They've actually attempted the exact same amount. They've both attempted 63 shots this game. The difference is that Oregon has made 17 more. They're 35 and 63, Utah 18 of 63. That's the difference of the game.
1: No doubt about that, for sure. 30 seconds remain here in this one. Utah will fall to 0 and 1 to start things here in the 2020-2021 season. Oregon will improve to 4 and 0 in this very young season. And again, they look much better than a 10th ranked team, in my opinion. Just offensively and defensively, they are the complete package yet again up in Eugene. Eight seconds remain as the drive by Kylie Watson. She gets bumped and fouled by Peyton McFarland, so free throws coming for the Oregon Ducks.
2: And Oregon just continuing to make history with this win. That'll be their 23rd straight win, dating back to last season. They broke the program record of 21 set back in 1978.
1: Wow. Their last loss came back on January the 10th. They were at Arizona State. That was the last time this team lost a ball game. And, you know, we'll talk about this in the uh, postgame show as the free throws off the mark. Here's a last second opportunity by Kennedy McQueen. Instead of shooting it, she passes it off and that will end the game effectively. 85 to 43 is the final score. A 42 point win for the Oregon Ducks. Exactly what they've been doing so far in each game, blowing opponents out, uh, and and they do it again here against the Utah Utes. So, you know, again, a magnificent basketball team here uh, up in Eugene, and uh, they showed why yet again with an impressive 42 point win against the Utah Utes. All right, we'll take a break and when we return, we'll we'll, we'll dive into this one a little bit, give you some post-game thoughts and figure out what went wrong and how things can get better moving forward. The Utes lose by 42 points in their opener, 85-43. The post-game show comes your way next. This is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome inside the Ute Game Day post-game report as the Utah Utes fall on the road the Oregon Ducks a truly magnificent game by Oregon from top to bottom they absolutely showed why they are in the top 10 right now i personally feel that they'll be higher ranked than the uh, than number 10 in the country but they showed out here tonight all aspects of the game completely dominated by Oregon
2: and we got to look at Oregon's fab 5 their five star five five star recruits <laughs> say that 10 times you can turn that down past- a little bit uh, no, but we, we got a chance to look at Oregon's new players. And then we also got an opportunity to watch some players that maybe haven't exactly stood out to us as much in the past because they did have what was considered their big three. We've ne- mentioned them many times uh, throughout this game. But Aaron Boley, mm. absolutely phenomenal this game. Uh, Jazz Shelley was able to not just knock it down from the three point line, but attack the basket, you know, find her teammates on opportunities. That's what you hope from any sort of guard or someone who's gonna play the point guard position. And then Taylor Chavez, you know, mm-hmm. uh just adding to that. So a great mixture of, of old and new for Oregon.
1: It really is. I mean what's great about uh this Oregon team is, you know, you had Aaron Bowley who played all those minutes with those great basketball players. It's no doubt in my opinion that Aaron Boley Will be a WNBA player. Yes, I'm going to come out and say it right now. She will be in the WNBA next year. Where she falls in the draft, that's another question for another day. But uh, Aaron Bully proving to me that she can do it from the outside. Because up until this season, I've only seen what she can do from the outside. She's a magnificent shooter. Tremendous yes. outside shooter. But what we're seeing so far this year from her is she's taken her game to an entirely new point. She's taken, up until this game, she had taken 37 shots, she took 11 today, so 48 shots and had only taken a total of 15 three-pointers, took uh, took three today. So most of her shots are coming in the paint, and she's being effective as well.
2: But she didn't have to score in the paint last year. That's just being a good teammate, and that's being aware, and that is a quality of a phenomenal player, knowing your role.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I got no doubt about that. She's going to be in the discussion at the end of the year for uh, a Pac-12 Player of the Year just because of that. I mean, it's 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 great to see kind of that aspect of her game come out. I, an aspect again I never knew existed, and now she can she can flex her muscles on that inside. Whereas before, as you mentioned, she didn't have to show it. Uh, show it. She had her teammates of, you know, Satu Sabali and Ruthie Hebert that were in the paint already kind of clogging that up and able to score at will. And she was just kind of that shooter that was left alone. But now she's kind of had to fill in for that Satu Sabali spot, not necessarily Ruthie Hebert's spot, but Satu spot to where she's got to have to, you know, attack the paint. She's, she can spot up in that mid-range. And her game is just, it's just phenomenal. I, I, I could not be more impressed right now than I am with Aaron Bully. It's just, it's, it's incredible to see what she's doing.
2: Right, like she didn't have to score in the paint last year. The difference is that she can score in the paint, and I don't know that I knew that prior to this yeah. season.
1: It's it's really, really something, and something that was definitely going to be uh, really eye-opening to see this Oregon team because they already, as we talked about throughout this game, they already have some magnificent pieces. But then you add the likes of a uh, a Taylor Meixel, for example, from Maryland, who is just an incredible outside shooter. Didn't have a great game here today. Five points, two of six, one of five from three. Uh, But she can light it up from the three-point line up until today. uh, As I said, she was just one of five from three. But she had made 12 of her first 17 three-pointers coming into this game. Um, So there's Tyler Maxwell. But then you talk about those Fab Five freshmen. Uh, Pow-pow today, 17 points, seven of 11 from the floor. She controlled this game. like There was no doubt about she was in complete control uh, of this game from uh, from the start and she let it go for as long as she was in the game she was just awesome and you know that's just one of the five incredible freshmen on this team
2: and that's what you need period from your point guard someone that takes control of the game and is that facilitator we saw that she can also score very easily on her own but like I mentioned, you know, Kelly Graves has said that she reminds him of Sabrina and her ability to affect the game in many different ways. We were able to, to see that through extended minutes uh, and extensive play from her on the floor.
1: That is scary if you think about that if you're a Utah fan. If you're a Pac-12 fan, not just Utah, but if you're a Pac-12 fan, that is scary to think that he made that comparison to, uh, to Sabrina. And she's just a freshman.
2: Right, and you're not going to replace Sabrina UNESCO. Ever, can't you know, do it. You're just you're not going to replace the kind of player she was. What you can do, like I said before, is you bring in a recruit that fits the style of play that your program has built. That's Tahina Powpow. No, oh,
1: it's awesome. I'm I'm really excited to see where this Oregon team is going to go uh, from here. But this is the U- game day post game report. We'll talk about Utah now as we shift gears here. Uh, give you some stats from UP uh, some UPS game stats as we as again shift our. Shift our focus over to the Utah Utes, brought to you by UPS. With UPS next day, Air. your package is guaranteed overnight delivery so your Utes gear can arrive just in time for game day. Visit UPS.com to learn more. UPS, the official logistics company of Utah Athletics. So uh, diving into these numbers a little bit, they're not great. As we talked about, Utah struggling mightily from the floor, uh, just 28% from the floor shooting. That actually very reminiscent of last year's game when they were at UCLA at the very end of the season where UCLA's length proved to be a problem for Utah. Here in the first game of this year, uh, we did not see great shooting, 4 of 26 from beyond the arc. And the number that is even just mind-blowing that didn't really mean a whole lot at the end of the day is they were just 3 of 11 from the free-throw line as well. So shooting performance in all three phases of the game, just not there for Utah.
2: Those are just the fundamentals, right? Rebounding, shooting, extra effort, you know, diving on those loose balls we kind of talked about throughout this game seeing Oregon take a little bit more of an advantage in those extra effort plays Uh, but you know Lynn Roberts said that this game she was more focused on what her team was going to do rather than what Oregon was going to do after this game you know you take away the final score right like Oregon won 43 It's a 40-point game, whatever. But what did your team do, and where can you go from here? What adjustments can you make? I think that it's just those fundamentals, like I just said, rebounding, shooting, it comes with experience, right? We've kind of used that word over the last couple of seasons with this Utah team. The story stays the same.
1: It really does. And, I, I, I again, it, it's going to be exciting to see this team and where they go from here because this is, as you just said, it's a learning experience. Um, And let's actually talk about, really quickly, let's talk about these freshmen that uh, have come into this program, and they saw some really good minutes in that fourth quarter. Uh, You saw Donna Tambu come in late in that fourth quarter. Uh, You had Kelsey Reese already out there, Kennedy McQueen, and Peyton McFarland. Um, What impressed you most um, from these freshmen here in this opening game as we kind of look towards the positives and move forward from this, as you mentioned, 42-point loss?
2: You know, I'm just trying to pull up these numbers really quick on our on our computer you know this is fancy I'm not used to this I need a piece of paper uh, <laughs> but I think you know without looking at this these specific numbers tell me if you can find this for me Tyson is I think that what impressed me most about the freshmen was I didn't feel like every time they touched the ball they turned it over
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is very could be very typical of freshmen on a program, right? Where you panic a little bit, you catch the ball, you maybe like travel. No, I'm I'm being serious. You 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 move a little faster. I didn't feel like they were just making these moves that made no sense. You know, it's just, they don't have the experience to go up and, you know, put up a shot against an Aaron Bowley or, or someone who's a senior and has played with some of the best talent in the country. But I, I don't think that that means that they won't get there eventually. Right. These are freshmen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally see what you're saying. It, it it felt as though they were as composed as you could possibly hope for mm-hmm. uh, on the floor. They did yeah. have a, they they did have a combined six turnovers. I will I will say this: Kelsey Reese was responsible for half of them. She didn't play a lot of minutes, but she had a, little, a couple of passes that were errant that she threw away. Um, she was really the one that looked a little timid to me. If I had to give uh, kind of that word to, a, uh, to one of the freshmen, I'd say timid was the word that I'd use to describe Kelsey Reese. I felt Kennedy McQueen was really composed. I felt as though she came out confident that she could compete with the best conference in, in the entire country. And that says a lot. Mm-hmm. About Kennedy McQueen, because let me tell you from experience, she comes from a school that is uh, that is playing two a opponents in the state of Utah. So the difference in the um, uh, the the gap in competitiveness, is massive from where she was before to where she is now. I had the opportunity to see exactly where she grew up, growing up only 10 minutes from where she was. Um, But it's it's unbelievable to see her composure in her first game against this type of an opponent from where she was a season ago. So that's what I'd say for Kennedy. Um, Peyton... It felt as though Peyton struggled a little bit at times when she caught the ball in the paint. Um, She couldn't quite get it up as well as I think that she would like to. And so we'll be interested to see what she does. And Donna Tambu, you talked about this specifically during the game, that Donna felt it like I came into this game telling you I'm really excited to see Donna on the floor because of how athletic she is and how good of a defensive player is. In her short, limited amount of time, she only played two minutes. Wow, only played two minutes. That's not right. Only played six minutes. (laughs) She only played six minutes, but I felt that you saw exactly what I was hoping to see from Donna.
2: And what stood out to me about her was her defensive effort, her ability to get into the passing lane and get those little tips that led to, at one point, what was her only layup in points of the game on the other end. Uh, I do want to circle back to Kennedy McQueen really quick because she did play the most minutes of any Utah player.
1: Oh, wow. That's a good point as well. 27 minutes for Kennedy McQueen, as you mentioned, the most by any player. And, uh, I felt as though, as really as best as we could possibly see, that that that, that was a good experience for us to be able to see Kennedy and for her to get on the floor, more importantly, for her to get on the floor and to show what she can do.
2: And probably, like you just kind of mentioned, most importantly, show Coach Roberts and the rest of the coaching staff what she can do playing at this level.
1: I had a brief discussion with coach Roberts about 2 weeks ago and I asked her specifically, is there any players that have stood out to you more than anybody else? And her answer was simple. She said Kennedy. I'm thinking, wait a second. She's a freshman though. Like like did you expect something? And mm-hmm. she said she is already in her first I guess training camp or off season or uh, leading up to the season starting that she has already impressed her more than she could have ever thought. And that is just talking about this young player coming from where she came from, which again, I'm very, very familiar with <laughs> and seeing how she was able to compete against up until that point, two weeks ago, her own teammates. And then now seeing where she was able to, oh, how she was able to move that onto the floor. It's awesome. I, I mean, I am, I, I'm so impressed with what I saw from Kennedy today.
2: Well, and typically we would see those kind of minutes from freshmen or inexperienced players on this team come in non-conference games. Utah didn't have that opportunity as they lost their non-conference games due to a positive COVID-19 test. So what you're left with is a chance to you know, put these freshmen in a game where you very well know that the competition is the best of the best, right? But like just looking at the fact that she played the most minutes of any other player on the team, what that tells me is that the coaching staff wanted to see what she was able to do against that kind of mm-hmm. competition. And I don't know necessarily that had they played non-conference games, she gets 27 minutes on the floor against Oregon.
1: I like that thought.
2: Like, that's, I don't know yeah. that if Utah plays X amount of non-conference games, this situation happens.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's a very good point. I mean, again, we could look through. I mean, we could look back and say, "What if?" Well, ne- I mean, we're never going to know. But, right. I, but I, I, I think that's a very good point that you make right there. That you know, you don't necessarily know if this is what she'd be able to do if we were in a typical conference schedule. If this was a January first game, for example, being played, you know, would she have been able to get this experience against a top-ranked opponent like this in the early stages of the season? We don't know. But I. But I. But again. The one player that stood out to me was Kennedy McQueen today, and uh, you know, for that exact reason, knowing and I, I I will probably say this a thousand times throughout the season, but knowing exactly where she came from, again, I grew up just ten minutes away from where she uh, where she played her high school basketball. I know the competition in the state, and I know the competition of the two a division in Utah. and to see the difference of having to play that competition to having to play legitimately a potential top five team. They are a top 10 team now. Like that is that, that blew my mind today. Just absolutely blew me away.
2: Yeah. I'm just excited to see not just what she can do, but this Utah team, you know, I feel like I was telling you that since I've been working, calling these games with you, the players that started out as freshmen on this team that were looked to in certain moments, like drew Gilton, like Andy Torres, they're now juniors. They're considered and maybe have been considered for a while the leaders of this team. But now that status of, you know, their year in school is kind of expected of them to be to be at a certain level.
1: We'll take a quick break. I believe we got one more break that we got to take. So we'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We'll continue the discussion because there's a couple things I wanted to talk to you about as we uh, wrap things up here. Try to you know bring some positives from what was a 42 point loss as the Utah Utes fall to 0 1 on the season. Final score 85 to 43. The victory for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Utah has a matchup coming up on Tuesday. Uh, they will be at Oregon State. That game was initially scheduled for Friday, uh, but due to some COVID issues within the Utah program, they, uh, due to uh, quarantining, they did move the game from Friday to Tuesday, so that game will now be played on Tuesday, 7 o'clock tip-off, 6.45 pregame show with me, Tyson Ewing, and Amanda Smith on the call. But we'll take a break, come back, and wrap things up on the other end as this is Utah basketball from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back inside the Ute Game Day postgame report. Here is the Utah Utes. Follow the 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks by a final of 85 To 43. Now, Amanda, I want to continue our discussion that we had on the other side uh, where we talked about the freshman, but now I want to move to specifically talking about Naya Becker. Um, Naya, in my opinion so far, she has had great stretches, but she's also had really tough stretches. And this was a perfect game to describe what we've seen over the last couple of years from Naya about her, frankly, I'm going to use the word inconsistency to where she has stretches where she's really, really strong but then stretches where she just kind of fades away. I want to tell you the stat real quick from last season. Uh, By the way, Nia made her third career start today. Um, But from non-conference last year, Nia Becker in non-conference was awesome. Averaged 9.5 points a game, 47% from the floor, was 12 of 25 from the three-point line, had 14 steals in 11 games. So both doing it offensively and defensively. In the 20 conference games that Utah played, the 18 regular season and, the, and in the two in the postseason, she scored just 3.5 points a game, shot at just 28% from the floor, was just 6 of 33 from the three-point line, had just seven steals in her final 20 games. Something changed with, uh, with Nia Becker um, down that stretch right there, and I don't know if it was just because of uh, the stronger opponents. Maybe the schedule was tougher and it was hard for her to kind of find her rhythm. Um, but in this game specifically, we saw exactly that. At the beginning of the game, if you recall, she was struggling mightily. Threw the ball over at times way, way too much. Missed a lot of wide-open shots. She had two air balls in the first half. Struggled. As soon as the younger players, the freshmen, came in, that's when she started getting a rhythm. The 11-0 run down the stretch, nine of them was by Naya Becker. She finished the game with 11 points uh, down the stretch. But I guess the question I want to ask you is a player like Naya who has these stretches where you just you think she's the best player on the floor and then where she just kind of disappears. What do you think that is, and how do you think that can be fixed here in, her th- in now her third year?
2: Well, I mean, that's a great question because it's hard to say because the first thing I'm thinking of when you talk about last season and you just give me the numbers of non-conference into conference is, like you said, the competition level completely changes. That's just a fact. In this game specifically, I want to see what happens against Oregon State and how she comes out and how she finishes in that one before I can really say that I think that that streakiness or inconsistency carries over because I think that this was just an unprecedented circumstance for Utah. You know, it's, it's really easy to sit here and nitpick and criticize but this team hasn't played against another opponent yet and the first team that they have to play against is number 10 oregon
1: hmm. and, and i mean let let me be clear i'm not trying to pick on Naya. no at that's all. not what i'm saying right at all. no no yeah it's, it's just i just wanted to make sure that you know that that, that the people know i i'm definitely not trying to pick on naya it's just it's just an obvious it's it's absolutely there's just times where she just disappears when you know it'd be great to have her
2: there and I think that that's a conversation that is probably happening after the game, right? So we'll see what happens against Oregon State. But, you know, she, she only started two games last season. She got her third career start, like you mentioned, in this one. She was only averaging six points. I think you said in conference it was mm-hmm. three points.
1: Uh, so it went So it went from nine points to three points. Yeah. So –
2: you know, she's a junior on this team now, and she's incredibly lengthy and athletic. And we saw spurts of that in this game when she was able to extend past Oregon's defense uh, with with her long length of those arms yeah. and easily put the ball up for a layup. But, you know, her best stretch of play did come in the fourth quarter when she had the four freshmen on the team with her. And I actually think that that's a, a great sign of taking ownership of the position you're in being a junior you're on the floor with floor with four freshmen uh you know you're down frankly by 40 points. what are you going to do?
1: I really like that thought. you're exactly correct when you say that too. That's exactly what I was thinking as well is that you know she she knew that she was the experienced right player on the court and she knew she had she had to in in you know in a way take over. And she and I felt that she did that. And, yeah. And she, and she looked good doing that. But you know, we'll see. Obviously, it's so much that we could unravel about this, but it's just the first game. And there's no way that I want to, you know, nitpick what Utah didn't do. I'm really trying to focus on what they did do in this game and where they can improve it. Nia Becker, um, you know, loved to see that after that struggle, that she was able to bounce back in a way down the stretch, becoming the only Utah player in double figures with 11.
2: Right, it'll be interesting to circle back to this game when Utah and Oregon play again, mid January.
1: Yeah, that's it doesn't seem like it's that long from now. In fact, they'll play again January 29th. So uh, late January. At, I guess it's <laughs> I, I guess it's towards the end of January. But yeah, that's basically the entire schedule here for Utah is nothing but conference opponents. In fact, a twenty two conference game schedule uh, should be exciting down the stretch. And this is this and this is awesome that they were able to get this 22-game schedule because, you know, every year they, they only play 18 games. So that means you're not playing four teams twice. Right. So now everybody is going to be able to play the exact same amount of teams the exact amount of times and just fairness across the board. And when I say that, obviously talking about, you know, if other teams will have easier schedules. For example, the Utah team two years ago had a much easier schedule than the Utah's team last year. Yeah. <laughs> they only played the Oregon's once. Two years ago played them twice last year as as a nice example so this year all about fairness and trying to get those games against the conference opponents so excited about that and uh, just this Pac-12 you know you lost a lot of talent from a year ago but you have a lot of talent still and they're going to be
2: incredible well and I do want to mention really quickly before we wrap this up that yes one more time the final score Oregon 85 Utah 43 but Coach Roberts said that Utah was just excited to play. They haven't played yet. Like, they were just excited to be able to play a game. No, you don't ever want to lose. Of course you don't want to lose by 40 points. But, I mean, to be able to actually play this game during this time is something that everyone who is involved should be very proud of. Yeah.
1: The term she used, and I wrote it down with exclamation points, was grateful. Yeah. If you remember in that, she talked about how grateful she was that they could get on the floor. And so, you know, more than anything, because at the end of the day, this is, I wouldn't say say a lost season because it's absolutely not a lost season, but this is a learning season because – All players, if they want to, can keep their eligibility for next year. So basically, Drew Gilton, who's a junior right now, could be a junior during the 21-22 season. So depending on what they obviously want to accept. So uh, this is, in my opinion, a great learning experience um, for Utah this entire year. With their young talent bringing in their best recruiting class in uh, in the program's history, they can get experience and not lose any eligibility whatsoever. I think it's just a complete positive.
2: Right. So, like, no, the outcome of the game, of course, isn't what Utah wanted. But it was still very exciting to be able to get on the floor and actually play.
1: All right. So let's do this again on Tuesday. How about that? That works. I'll be free. Yeah. Okay, that sounds awesome. (laughs) December the 8th, Utah will take on the Oregon State Beavers. It'll be taking place in Corvallis. You can catch me, Tyson Ewing, and her, Amanda Smith, (laughs) on the call coming up. On Tuesday night, pre-game at 645, uh, and uh, tip-off will be at 7. The Oregon State Beavers ranked 17th in the country. That big train that just keeps going around at the Pac-12 just continually, continually adding talent and being spectacular. This incredible Pac-12 as the 17th-ranked Oregon State Beavers will take on the Utes coming up on Tuesday. Led by Taylor Jones. We'll talk a lot about her on Tuesday. You can guarantee that. Amanda, thank you so very much for uh, coming in today and for, you know, having an unprecedented broadcast. Uh, You know, we definitely tried to make it as good as we possibly can, but we are currently sitting in the studio in Salt Lake City, the ESPN 700 studio right now. And we were able to get the sound effects to make it seem as though we were courtside.
2: Whoa, you're giving the secrets I know,
1: away. I know, I <laughs> know. But, uh, but, but we were able to watch this game, thanks in large part to the help by James Peterson across, uh, across the glass over there, um, getting us that sound in and out and allowing us to be able to use the studio. Uh, just a great setup. And let's be frank, it's our first one doing this remotely. There were some hiccups. But, you know, what? at the end of the day, I'm just excited to be calling basketball games.
2: Oh, you know what? I'm, like, thinking the same thing, right? Like, this is a learning experience for you and me, too. You know, I haven't done this before. I don't think that you have or or really a lot of uh, people in any kind of job. You know, you're finding a way to adjust to the current time. And so I'm just grateful, and I'm very grateful. I also want to give a big shout-out to, like you mentioned, James Peterson. Without him, we're not on the air. We Mm -hmm. don't get to do this job, so – He deserves all the credit.
1: No doubt about that. You've been listening to University of Utah Basketball and the Ute Game Day Post Game Report. Utah Basketball is a presentation of the Ute Sports Radio Network and Ute Sports Properties, a division of Learfield uh, IMG College in association with ESPN 700. Appreciate all those who uh, helped get this done. I really want to make sure to give a shout-out to uh, Steve Borland and David Stobie. Appreciate them allowing us to be able to get on the air and do this as well. Um, They are the executive producers for the Youth Sports Radio Network. Uh, And again, big thank you to James Peterson across the glass and to you, Amanda Smith. It really has been fun getting our first broadcast in and done. And now we can move on now that we've had this experience and do these games more and improve on them together as we move on throughout the season. Again, thank you all so very much for tuning in today. This has been Utah basketball. The Utes fall to the Oregon Ducks by 42 points, uh, but Utah will be back in action against the 17th-ranked Oregon State Beavers in Corvallis on Tuesday at 7 o'clock pregame at 645. Again, for Amanda Smith, I am Tyson Ewing. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, go Utes.